Open call. Okay, good morning, everybody. I'd like to call this uh, meeting to order on September 26th. And we're going to start with the pledge, and it is Joni Coffey's last day today. So we're going to ask her to begin the pledge today. Thank you. It's customary we take a moment to recognize people in our community that have meant a lot to us that have passed away. Um, we last last uh, meeting we recognized the eight people that had passed away from the Hollywood Rehabilitation Home. Four more, um, I believe it's four more, passed away. One of them I knew, uh, and it changes when you for some for when you know somebody. I knew Martha Murray, pretty good. Her, her uh, husband was the person who uh, actually ran the Orangebrook Country Club for years and years for when it was the only place to eat in town. And I would help her out a lot. As a Hollywood commissioner, I'd help her out a lot of times at her house for whatever she needed. And she'd kind of regale me with the, the old Hollywood and what it was like. Um, and I just wanted to remember her. Anybody else? Terry Stiles. Terry Stiles, one of the pillars in our community. Uh, very successful developer who was very engaged in, in many aspects of life here in Broward County. Uh, I'm asking your prize for the family. I, I think he was a great man. Anyone else? Thank you. Let's have, take a moment of silence. Thank you. Commissioner Holness selected the music this morning. The first selection was Preciosa by Mark Antony. And the second selection was All You Need Is Love by the Beatles and maybe FEMA. <laughs> you know, that would, that would help. It, 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 yeah. the, the worst one, Preci Preciosa, is, is really acknowledging and, and uh, the devastation that has occurred uh, in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, uh, Dominica. Uh, and, and, and so many of the other islands that have actually been flattened. Uh, we, we suffered here, but nowhere near compared to the brunt of, of the hit that they took uh, within the Caribbean. Uh, many lives were lost there, and they're still trying to recover. It's, it's a long way, it'll be a very long way back for them. We have debris on our streets, but they have a lot of folks who are still totally homeless. A very poignant pick today. Um, Commissioner Lamarca and Ryan will be absent at today's meeting as they are in Washington, D.C., attending the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, D.C. Summit, the National Association of Counties' Large Urban County Caucus, D.C. Fly-In, and meetings with federal officials regarding our U.S. federal courthouse in Broward County. Commissioners will call in if their schedule permits. And Mayor Sharif will join the meeting by phone as soon as she's able, and she'll be here later this morning. Uh, the mayor has requested a time certain of 11.30 a.m. for the Broward Means business recipient. And so is a person from Broward Means that's being recognized today from Broward Means business, are they here now? Yes? Are they coming at 11.30? Okay. All right, we do have a proclamation and a presentation from the Florida Inland Navigation District this morning. But first, let's go to the uh, following proclamation that will be presented by Commissioner Udine to Senior Master Sergeant Chad Martins. 
Christine Martins, Caden Martins, and Kason Martins in recognition of Senior Master Sergeant Chad Martins Day. If you all would come on to the front. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor and County Commissioners. Uh, whereas Senior Master Sergeant Chad Martins returned to South Florida from an overseas deployment in Kuwait on August 4th, 2017. Whereas Sergeant Martins has served in the United States Air Force Reserve for 27 years and is currently stationed at the Homestead Air Reserve Base in Homestead, Florida. Whereas Sergeant Martin spent seven months on duty during his most recent deployment in Kuwait, serving as a logistics and resources superintendent. Whereas Sergeant Martin's tour in Kuwait was his fourth overseas deployment, having previously served in Qatar in 2002, Kyrgyzstan in 2006, and Iraq from 2009 to 2010. Whereas Sergeant Martin's returned home to his wife of 13 years, Christine, and his two sons, Caden and Kaysen, and his parents are here. Thank you for being here. Whereas when not on active duty, Sergeant Martins continues to serve his community as a member of the Boynton Beach Police Department, where he works on the road patrol. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, September 26, 2017, as Senior Master Sergeant Chad Martin's Day in Broward County, Florida. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's his day. That means he can do anything he wants in Broward County. Right? I'm sure that, let's go over there and do a picture in front of the board.
Next, we're going to have a presentation from the Florida Inland Navigation District. Good morning, Commissioners, Good Vice morning. Mayor. Thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to come in and basically thank you and Port Everglades. My name is Mark Crosley, Florida Inland Navigation District. Uh, we were the local sponsor of the deepening project, $19 million project that uh, deepened uh, the waterway through this area so that uh, the marine industries can compete for the next few decades, a multi-million dollar industry each year that's very valuable to the city and the county. And uh, I'd like to personally thank the, the county for their cooperation. I'd like to specifically recognize the uh, efforts of Port Everglades, who without their cooperation, this project would not have been possible. They uh, provided the lands that we could uh, handle dredge material. Anybody that does any dredging knows the whole, uh, um, the whole key to dredge material is where you handle it and what you do with it. Um, Glenn, is, are you here? Come on up if you would, please. And also with me today is Lori Brunel and Yaya Sadeki, who are with uh, Taylor Engineering, who were instrumental in, in making sure this process went pretty smooth. Glenn, I would I'd say the process went pretty smooth for such a complex project. It was about a year long. We deepened the waterway to 15 feet. And I just wanted to come down and honestly say thank you very much, because uh, without the cooperation, this project would have never happened. I have a small plaque here okay. for, for Port Everglades. And also wanted to specifically recognize Peg Buchan, who couldn't be here today, but she was our liaison with the port. And I have a, I made these small too, because I know how we, <laughs> we used to give away the big things. I made every Glenn has a lot of stuff on his wall. Just wanted to say thank you very much. Any questions about the project? Any questions? Where do you put it? Yeah. <laughs> Scott, where do you, where do you put all that stuff? The material was, um, stacked and dried at the port and the contractor was able to find beneficial uses for it throughout the county okay. went to some road projects and some uh, commercial projects and other things so we got utilized it was good material actually good good well thank you very very much for being here today congratulations glenn thank you for great thank you thanks for all you do Vice Mayor, if I could just make an, uh, another note. The, okay. the, the value to the port, obviously, this partnership with Fine started on the Dania Cutoff Canal project, which okay. was a joint effort with the county for deepening the Dania Cutoff Canal. Uh, the value to us is actually Fine invested the money in the port for our dredge spoil area. So when they left it, it is ready to be used by the port, and we actually uh, had to do an emergency dredging using Fine's contractor at the end of their project, right. uh, which saved us a whole bunch of money, and thus that multi-million dollar dredge management area remains behind for use for future projects. So great partnership and opportunity. Was that when we had that shoaling? Uh, yes. Oh, that's good. Yes, Vice Mayor, was the shoaling right along our, our berths, which are caused by those larger ships. They right. stir up the bottom a lot more than the, than the smaller ships. Right. Well, that, was, that was handy. Thanks, thanks for being there. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, some public participation minders, reminders. For those of you in the audience, uh, if you'll please turn off your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the County Commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and you can fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, no further speaker signups will be allowed and you will not be permitted to speak. Individuals who are interested in speaking on any item on the agenda, please come forward and sign up to be heard if you have not already done so. Once the items come before the board, if you have not already signed up, uh, you won't be permitted to speak. When you're called upon, if you'll, ha you'll have 
three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. And we ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, your microphone will be turned off and you'll be escorted out by security. We ask that, uh, that those of you in the audience respect the views of those speaking today. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls during or after speakers' comments. And with that, I'm going to read the Tuesday night memo. The following requests are, were submitted for your consideration. Uh, consent items are numbers 1 through 18. Public hearing items are 19 through 27. Regular and supplemental items are 28 through 43. There are no withdrawals or deferrals. Uh, Scrivener er error motion on item 22. Motion reads, motion to adopt budget resolution and should read, motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution. The mayor requests, without objection, items 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 35, and 39 be moved to consent. And please note that the Broward Means business moment will be, will be at 11.30. On item, additional uh, information on item number 17, Mayor Sharif requests the following changes to her item. Remove from the item the words provides mandatory minimum sentences for the possession of fentanyl and add after the word includes the words fentanyl and. On item number 35, motion C is added to requested action. Motion to approve sole source designation of medical priority consultants incorporated doing business as priority dispatch corporation as designated provider of emergency medical dispatch EMD emergency police dispatch, and emergency fire dispatch. Dispatch protocols for the Broward County Regional Consolidated Dispatch System. And on item 38, at the request of Commissioner Holness, a replacement motion statement is requested as follows. follows. Motion to retroactively approve travel on behalf of the Board of County Commissioners and approve reimbursement for a trade mission trip to Bogota and Medellin, Colombia on September 7th to the 13th, 2017, and to submit an informational report on the trip to the Board of County Commissioners. Did you bring home movies on that too? Yeah, I hope so. Um, item 42, Commissioner Holness requests to be added as a co-sponsor on this item. And additional material, item number 1D, board appointment, number, item number 30, letter to Mayor Sharif, submitted at the request of Commissioner Lamarca. Item number 34, status of medical marijuana zoning regulations submitted by the Environmental Protection and Growth Management. Item number 35, memo to the board submitted by Office of Regional Communications and Technology. Item number 36, revised commission calendar submitted at the request of county administration. Item number 36, PRINS 2, revised commission calendar submitted at the request of county administration. Item number 43, memo to the board submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. And on item number 43, PRINS 2, letter to the county attorney submitted by Finance and Administrative Services. That's the Tuesday night memo. And with that, I'm going to ask for pulls on the consent agenda from the consent agenda. We'll start with Mayor, uh, uh, Commissioner Sorry. Eudine. Sorry. None? Uh, 35. 35. Commissioner Rich, Commissioner Bogan. I'm going to pull number seven, number eight, number 17, and that'll be it. Okay. Commissioner Holmes? None. Commissioner Geller? I was going to pull 17, but I believe Commissioner Bogan's already done that, so none. Okay. Sorry, uh, 
Mr. Chair, is 33 was on consent or not? 33 was on regular. Uh, on regular, that's good. Okay. And we have a number of polls from the audience. We have 17 and 18 from the, uh, from the audience from consent. I'm going, because the number 17 is a um, resolution that uh, Mayor Sharif has brought forth, I'm going to bring that last until she gets here. I'll wait for that one. Yes. Um, considering that number 18 also uh, deals with Mayor Sharif, would it be appropriate to wait till take up 18 until she gets here as I well? Think, I think that'd be a good idea. Thank you, sir. That's a good idea. So both 17 and 18 will be our off consent. Um, can I get a motion to approve? Oh, we actually, we have, we have more going on to consent. Oh, hold on. Um, Twenty-eight has been asked to be back on uh, to regular. Twenty-eight is pulled. Thirty-three is back. Thirty-four. All the rest are on regular. I think. Let me make sure. Forty-two. Thirty-three. Yeah. There's a ton of pulls. <laughs> okay. So twenty-eight is back on uh, regular. Forty-two is on regular. Okay. So I need a motion. Uh, to approve the consent, okay, one through sixteen. Is that correct, Johnny? Minus seventeen and eighteen. Minus seven. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You. Forgot about you, Mark. Minus seven, eight, seventeen, and uh, Vice Mayor. If I understand it correctly, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, and thirty-nine are still on consent. Okay. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do I have a motion to approve? I'll it? move it. Do I have a second? Second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any, any opposed? That passes. Okay. We will go to item, well, let's hold on one second. Okay. We'll go to item number seven. Mark? Commissioner Bogan? I pulled out item seven and eight. It has to do with the um, county attorney's office. And since this is the last day Joni Coffey's here, I wanted to talk not against this, but what a great job that Joni Coffey has done. And again, thank her for all her time, and it's been great working with you. So I'm going to try to harass you today as much <laughs> as I can. But, um, I, you know, I, I, this motion to approve the settlement was an incredible job you did there. And, um, and so uh, i got to give you a day full of it. So anyway, with that said, I'm ready to move it. Let me just let me just add, uh, okay. since uh, Commissioner Bogan brought up uh, Ms. Coffey's tenure here as our uh, county attorney, uh, I must admit that at the onset I, I wasn't on board. Uh, but over time, you've proven yourself. You, you've done a splendid job. Uh, you are very smart, very articulate. You know government. You know the processes, and you're able to guide us successfully through the past years that you've been here. Thank you so much for your service. Let's not go overboard. Come on, what's going on here? <laughs> Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Well, since it's that time, um, I probably, I assume I've known Ms. Coffey longer than anyone else here. I, I certainly have known her husband since I was 14 when we were in, involved in Young Democrats together. Hello. And, okay, and I know that, uh, Actually, Ms. Coffey, I believe. Commissioner Gellin. Yes. This is Mayor Sharif here. Uh, Mayor, you're okay. We, we are listening to you. We're, uh, Commissioner Geller has the floor for a moment. Okay. 
And, and Madam Mayor, we're just in the middle of everybody saying what a wonderful person Joni Coffey Hello, is. Hello, this is Mayor Sharif here. We hear you. We hear you loud and clear. Can I talk? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I just, you know, while I have uh, full confidence in Drew, um, I will tell you, uh, Joni, that, you know, we, I think we're, I know we're all really going to miss you, although I'm confident, at least in my case, I know we'll be seeing you in the future after this, but um, you've been a wonderful person. You know, you've been a terrific county attorney. You've really provided stability. Uh, you've really, you know, uh, made it a joy to know that we're getting perfect, you know, very competent, measured uh, counsel and, you know, like I said, I'm sure I'll be seeing you again, but I, I, th I know that the county commission, as a county commissioner, I will be missing you in that seat. Thank you. Um, I'll just add one other little bit. I guess I, I, I'm sorry that um, my time working with you actually has been so short, but I know that we're gonna be working on other things together, uh, specifically affordable housing issues in the future. Um, I just want to say that Joni is a leader. She has a great staff. That's part of her leadership ability. And um, someone uh, many years ago told me that the most important thing you can do is to leave uh, your office with an excellent successor. And you have certainly provided that for us. So I thank you for everything that you've done in your job and in your just your whole uh, attitude toward the whole community. Thank you. Commissioner Dean. I just want to agree with everything that's been said. I mean, it's been a pleasure to serve with you. I'm glad I got the chance as a newly elected county commissioner to have served with you for the year. I think that you're fantastic and uh, wish you the best in all your future endeavors. It, it, you've been a big asset for the county. Jenny, you're the best. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to miss you. Toward the end of the meeting, I, I'd like to say my thank you, but I, I'd like for you all to go ahead and finish up what your public business is, and then no, we're done. we'll talk we're done. <laughs> okay. Um, did we did we vote on that? No. So he's got a second. I have a second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Both seven and eight pass unanimously. We are going to move then to the public hearing. No, both 17 and 18 we're going to take on later. Um, those are both uh, Mayor Shreve's items. So we'll, uh, I'll wait for those then. <clears throat> okay, I'd like to open up the public hearing. Uh, the first, number 19 is a motion to consider the adoption of a resolution amending the administrative code, the title of which is as follows. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to Port Everglades Tariff Number 12, amending Section 42.25 of the Broward County Administrative Code. Do I have a motion to approve? Move it. Second. Oh, I, didn't ask, I need to ask if there's anybody in the public who, who is here to speak on this item. <laughs> Seeing none, I close the public hearing. Do I have a motion to approve? Again? And second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Number 19 passes unanimously. Number 20, um, do I, I don't have to open the public hearing on each one, right? Yes? I'd like to open up the public hearing. Uh, number 20. Um, I, it is a motion to enact ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan 
to adopt Broward County Land Use Plan Map Amendment PC 17-8 in the City of Plantation. Is there anyone in the audience who would like to speak on this? Oh, I do have, for questions only, Bill Lamer, Laystrom. Um, I did have, does anybody have any questions, any thoughts? I did have one, I did have one on this one. And this has to do with a um, amending of the comprehensive plan at an area which is right next to um, Broward Boulevard and University. And it's one of those places where I would like us to start to think in terms of this is, one, this is ideal for a mobility hub. If you're looking at a place where lots of buses come in and a places where you would want to allow for density bonus, you know, where you would allow for, for, to allow for workforce housing, to allow for affordable housing, this is the ideal place where, where it could come in. This, is, this train has already left the station on this one, um, I think. But um, I, I don't, how would we, Start to actually research the possibilities of looking at looking at places that have mobility hubs and allowing for density bonus to come in, to come into play on that. Yes, um, Vice Mayor, this is one of the initiatives of Broward Next. Okay, um, the county um, has worked. Um, uh, the county staff has worked with a number of individuals in the community to identify um, these mobility hubs, and um, and all recognize that if you were going to um, provide de bo bonus densities, that that's, you're, you're right, it's the perfect place to do that because right. individuals will then uh, not have to spend so much of their income on vehicles if they can get to um, transportation very easily. So we will, um, this is one of the elements, we'll report back. Um, we're in that second phase of the Broward Next and we'll report back to you on on how that's going. Have we already established where those mobility hubs, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but have we, is it, is it, is it part of our transportation so plan? So as part of our transportation plan, we have uh, identified a number of the, tra uh, the mobility hubs. Okay. Um, we began with um, the list that was prepared by the MPO several years ago. We've updated that given um, changes in the demographics and um, as part of our overall plan, we have um, identified the, uh, key mobility hubs in our county. Okay, that's great. So for it to become like a, that the, whenever these developments come in front of the planning council, is there a way to make sure that it, get, it triggers the, that um, discussion? Um, I will make sure that it does. Uh, again, because uh, Ms. Blake Boy is um, one of the, um, uh, she's working very hard with our, with the team on the Broward Next, we can certainly make sure that that happens. Okay. And it's, and Bill, you may want to speak to this, but you all have, you all have offered money per unit to be paid to the affordable housing trust fund or whatever we're calling it. Um, the, the reality is, with all of those units, it's very little amount of money, and it and it becomes a drop, a drop in the bucket to actually um, addressing the challenge in, that we have here in Broward County. That's why something like density bonus, where you would be be allowed to to build many more units that could be affordable as part of this project, makes much more sense than trying to just get a you know a couple hundred dollars for each unit. Bill Laystrom on behalf of the applicant. That is correct. Um, 
kind of our project started actually before Broward Next. Yes, I know that. I Broward know. Next. That's how long I've been working on the Fashion Mall redevelopment. Right. Um, but the density bonuses, we worked very hard with your staff. Uh, they did an outstanding job. The Planning Council approved lots of density bonuses. We'll be looking at those with each project that we have now okay. um, with an idea to try to dip into that um, group of units if we can. That'd be great. And, and I think and I, I know I, we have transportation also uh, maybe even look at Pine Island and Broward. Um, you actually have a, a transportation center located there for okay. the bus service. Yeah, I think anything that's like within a quarter of a mile of, of a number of bus stations would make sense. Commissioner Rich, did you want to speak to this? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, yeah, I, as you mentioned, the train's already left the station. Um, but I, I do want to bring up the fact that uh, whether it's $250 a unit on this one or whether it's a dollar a square foot on the next one, it doesn't solve our problems. Uh, and we need to find ways to have in, incentives, whether it's density bonus or other things, to. And I know that I, I'm serving on this statewide affordable housing work group, and tomorrow is a meeting in Orlando. And um, you know, these are some of the things that we're going to be discussing. I'm very happy that Barbara Blake Boy, actually from our planning uh, department, is going to be one of the speakers tomorrow because we have done, you know, tried to do some some different things. But just as a as an example, if you look at 21, I didn't calculate it for 20, but if you look at a dollar per square foot. Uh, and you have 25 acres, 591 residential units, 15% of those units, if you did a 15%, which is what we were you know, trying to get people to do, at least 78 units. So but if you calculate out a dollar a square foot uh, uh, for this particular uh, development, you would end up with 14 units. So it's, it's just, it's not enough, and we need to figure out how to work with the cities and uh, some of the states, uh, uh, you know, California passed incredible bond issues, and they're having trouble using the money. <laughs> so the state is passing different laws there, so to be, enable that to happen, probably wouldn't happen here. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're we have to kind of you know uh, take the kind of the bull by the horns ourselves and, right. and try and figure out how to help solve this crisis in our community. And the one you're, you're referring to, I know we haven't, we're not getting to it yet, but that, yeah. in, in that case, it's not near any bus stations at all. No. So that kind of no. No. Um, density bonus that would come with the transportation element wouldn't make sense. But in this case, right. it would have. Okay. Um, Bill, did you want to add anything else? Okay. Um, with that, I'm, I'm going to close the public hearing. Do I have a motion to approve? So Do I have a second? Will I have a first uh, motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Any, any opposed? That passes unanimously. Okay, uh, we're going to go to number 21. I'm going to open the public hearing. This is a motion to adopt the resolution to transmit a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan Map PC 17-13 in the City of Weston as an amendment to the Broward County Comprehensive Plan. And I have no public speakers on this. Is there anyone else in the public that would like to speak on this? Okay, with that, I'm going to close the public hearing. Okay, I have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. Vice Mayor, if you would like to take the supplemental budget resolutions together, 22 through 26, I think you could do those at one time. I would love to. Comment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to open the public hearing on the budget resolutions. These, these are motions to adopt budget resolutions transferring the funds from the Fleet Services Fund in the amount of 8000 to transfer funds to the General Fund. On 23, it's 
to with the special purpose funds and grant funds in the amount of 750 to amend revenues uh, on 24. It is supplemental budget resolutions within the enterprise funds in the amount of $6,282,644 to amend revenues. 25 is to adopt supplemental res uh, budget resolutions within the special revenue funds in the amount of $3,854,598 to amend revenues and appropriations. And 26 is to adopt supplemental re budget resolutions within the general fund in the amount of 15620 um, anybody in the public would like to speak to this? 2226. I'll move on. Okay, I have no, I have no, no from the public, and no uh, things from the public. I'll close the public hearing. Do I have a motion to approve? Do I have a second? Okay, we have a motion and a second to approve. All those in favor? Aye. Very good. That passes unanimously. Okay, 27. Woman, open the public hearing. This is a motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending the administrative code, the title of which is as follows. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to the Broward County Parks System fee schedule, amending various sections of Chapter 37 of the Broward County Administrative Code, creating a new section 37.47 of the Administrative Code governing fees for programs. And that's 27. Okay, I have no, does anybody from the public wish to speak on this? And I have no pulls from that. I'll move item 27. Okay, do I have a second? I have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. And that will end the public hearing. And we will go to the regular agenda. And we'll go to item 28. We have two, um, two uh, people from the public who would like to speak on this, Russell Rand and Mathine Coleman. Am I reading that right? Okay. Russell, would you like to speak? Uh, thank you, Commissioner Holness, for mentioning the Caribbean and Puerto Rico, which is absolutely in a crisis mode, absolutely. Um, it took several days to ship my generator, everything I could to the Virgin Islands. I hope it gets there and does some good. Um, this money for Zika, Zika uh, became popular because of the television and sensationalized. Nobody's spending money on Ebola, the plague that's still around, you know. It's nice to get money, but what are you doing, you know? There is no Zika problem. There may be a Zika problem in the islands in Puerto Rico with all the standing water and all. And again, uh, that's a horrible crisis, you know. So it's typical of governments to throw money to a problem after the problem is gone. An example in Connecticut when it was slammed to the hurricane in 1955 that I remember well, my city underwater, they built a series of dams and the dams sit there waiting for hundreds of years for this to happen again. And the dams will crumble and be irrelevant in the future. So it's just, you know, the okay. horse has already left the barn on that. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Thank you, Good Russell. Man. Thank you, Russell. Uh, Mr. Coleman or Ms. Coleman? Ms. Coleman. Okay. How, is your, how do you say your first name? I'm, I'm, how do you I'm say your, how do you say your first name? I'm you for listening to me. 
All right. We are getting monies to be funded for mosquitoes. We thank the state for it. But what good is the money? It's being wasted. Because if you call, they'll spray in front of your house. And they have brought the truck all the way from the yard. There's a whole neighborhood. So what's going to happen to my neighbor across the street with all the big trees? So what good is this, this money if it's not used properly? And I'm asking if they would change their way of spraying. When they come out and use your truck, they should spray the community, not just in front of one house and leave. And that happens in my community, and I'm sure it's happening in other communities. And everybody in here should be concerned. Because if you call them, they're going to spray in front of your house and leave. And this happens all the time. And I've watched it more than one time in Boulevard Gardens. So I'm asking, if we're getting this money, let's utilize it properly so it can be used. Because the virus is not going anywhere if you spray in front of one house and there's two or three big trees. The tree's not sprayed. The street is sprayed. The mosquitoes go back to the trees and hide. They come back. So I'm asking if we can change that. Thank you. God bless you. And thank, thank you for Ms. listening Coleman. to me. Thank you very much. This is a motion to adopt budget resolution within the general fund to appropriate revenue in the amount of 500000 from the state of Florida Department of Health to provide funding for Broward County's mosquito control efforts. Do I have a motion to approve? I'll move the item. Do I have a second? Okay. second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? 28 passes unanimously. One nothing. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to, let's see. Oh, oh is it working it? Yeah, that'd be good. I can't reach, can't reach it that far. Um, 29. Yeah. I'm just making sure there's no... There's a lot of pulls. Uh, 33. Item number 33. Item 33. 33. Yeah. Russell Rand, this is a, um, this has to do with the lobbying, a motion to discuss agreements to provide Broward County with state legislative and executive branch lobbying services through and until November 30th, 2018. Russell Rand. Thank you again. Uh, I don't normally read this stuff and all, but I read through it and it, it seemed to be a hoot to me because the proposal reads like, you know, a college kids that are throwing in all the buzzwords they can to get the contract. And, you know, it just hit me like, what the heck is this? So if you do a resume search and all with your computer, which is easy, you know, relatively easy to do, you come up with a candidate that has the most buzzwords and all. And that's, that's what grabbed me reading this thing and all. And, uh, I know you need uh, lobbying services are essential and whether they're the best kids on the block with the insider information that they it reads that they, you know, have lunch with the big boys or whatever. I just thought it was a hoot to read this stuff, you know, and uh, wow, wow. I would say, uh, you know, you shouldn't have knowledge but talent and I always say, show me your talent and what you can do. And, uh, that's how I judge people how to perform, you know. 
that you're intelligent, capable, and hardworking, but you also have creativity and talent. And I don't see that in reading a robot okay. version of a application. Thank, Thank you. you, Russell. Um, Commissioner Lamarca, are you on the phone? Uh, yes, uh, Vice Mayor, I'm on the phone. Okay, would you like to speak to this item? I would very much. Thank you. Okay. Uh, if I could, is, uh, is Mr. <clears throat> Labrador or somebody from uh, Intergovernmental Affairs at the uh, Chambers? Mr. Labrador. He's coming to the podium. Thank you. Okay. And this is indeed number 33, right? Yes. Okay. How's the weather out there? Uh, oh, muggy. No. F feels like home. <laughs> uh, Mr. Labrador, good, mo good morning. I, just, I had a couple of questions in reviewing this item and ha having spent quite a bit of time up there as, as uh, some of the other commissioners do as well. Uh, just trying to get a, a handle on it. Looks like we have uh, seven members in our team and I'll just add uh, a couple of questions I have. I wanted to try to get a an update if I could, because the way we went about adding uh, the Pittman Law Group last year was after the fact, but I just wanted to do a, uh, maybe make an inquiry, how, the, how have they done on the issues that we've had the, that team work on? Um, Commissioner Walker, the, the Pittman Law Group was added um, about a month after you all selected the first six firms. And that was back in 2015. Uh, they have uh, performed uh, very well, both in the initial term, uh, the initial period, and then during this past uh, uh, fiscal year, uh, where they were renewed along with the other team. Okay. So just on on that specific uh, firm, uh, I would. I would, uh, when the time is, is appropriate, I'd like to make a, a recommendation, at least, or a motion that uh, as we look at these firms, they should, if they've done as well as the other folks, regardless how that process went, they've been renewed one year, um, that they should be moved to that same 54, the, you know, the average uh, number between the rest of the firms. I would say that we should pay them the same as the, as, uh, the other firms that are at 54, and I would make that same argument uh, that Trip Scott PA is at 51. Um, and I know the issues that uh, former commissioner and senator, uh, Senate President Scott, works on, and clearly uh, Beach and some of the other issues are, are integral to our, our legislative platform and our community and our economy. So uh, it, it just looks strange if you look at this list that there are a couple of leads and then uh, those two stand out. I think those uh, the remaining firms should be at the same number at 54. Um, but that gets me to my, my other question is we're looking at uh, – this additional uh, firm pinpoint results. Um, and we have seven firms right now, and I understand uh, that there's been some change in, in leadership in some of the firms. Can you just give me a, a, a quick summary of what happened and who, who is where and you know why we have a seventh or an eighth firm making application? Uh, yes, sir. Um, pinpoint results, uh, Robert Beck, uh, and Tanya Jackson and, and uh, Brian Cherry, who's an associate with Adam Street Advocates, uh, both uh, Robert and Tanya Jackson were partners with Adam Street Advocates. As of August 1st, uh, they have uh, uh, basically left the firm and established uh, Pinpoint Results, LLC. Uh, this is an, uh, a firm that they used to have together. 
um, and they've gotten back out on their own. Um, Robert Beck used to, uh, uh, while he was at Adam Street Advocates, uh, handled uh, all of the budget and human services issues, uh, especially in the budget area, for us, uh, representing us in, 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 you know, uh, on those issues. Um, and uh, assuming that if the board actually uh, adds uh, him to the team, uh, that he would continue representing us on those issues. Okay, and those are, uh, as I think my colleagues would agree, those are extremely important issues for our community, um, and we want to make sure we have the best folks working on that. I guess my, my only concern is um, if, if we have, and, and help me out here, I understand we're, gonna, we're going to bring this whole process back for reselection, reevaluation next year after yeah. this session because it's an early session? Yes, Commissioner. It would be okay. our intention to come back to you uh, in November of next year, uh, subsequent to the general election, as we've done in previous uh, general election cycles, is to come back to you with an item that would uh, go back out uh, and allow you to, um, you know, explore picking a new team or keeping some of the old team and like you've done in the past and adding new firms. That's what we did back in January of 2015 after the 2014 general election. I understand. Yeah, that's when we added uh, Southern Strategy Group, and I know they've been very effective. And so, just I guess getting back to the, I guess the question is, if we if we were to you know, when a, when, a, when a firm, whether it's a lobby firm, a law firm, engineering, consulting, um, when two people split off and do do uh, the same business, but separately, even if they're effective at both, I just, I'm a little concerned if <clears throat> we're just going to keep growing, you know, growing our consultant list. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, with, with regard to um, how effective they are, I think that's very important. What, uh, where are we with the total budget right now? It looks like a little under 400. Yes, sir. As, as explained in the uh, agenda item, uh, we are at 392,000, and that's uh, um, that's currently in the budget. So, if you were to add a new firm, you would have to add uh, additional funding uh, to the budget. Okay. Well, if my uh, colleagues agree, between the the slight difference between Trip Scott and the rest of the uh, uh, firms on here outside the two top, um, as well as Pittman, we'd, we'd be going over that uh, that number a bit. Anyway, I'm, I, it, it's it's really at the will, will of the board, but um, I know how important it is to have an effective voice of advocacy uh, in Tallahassee, and, uh, and and we do have some some excellent people representing us. Um, I also know that uh, outside of those relationships that these firms have, one of the most effective voices that anyone can have is uh, for an elected official that represents the people of uh, their district and, and Broward County is to actually make that trip to Tallahassee, sit down face-to-face -face with our elected officials from around the state, uh, members of the House and Senate, and, and try to be effective with that and explain exactly why, you know, why we believe it, uh, it is that they should uh, vote or, or pr propose something a certain way. So um, I'm a, a little concerned that this, is, this budget is growing, but um, the, the issues like 30, 30 million plus 
20, so 50 million in beaches for the first time, uh, 15 million for the bypass, 30 million for C51. I mean, these are these are important issues, and you you have to spend a little bit of money to to get things like that back to our our community and get the right resources. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate that. I just want to see when we go back for final evaluation next year that we try to look try, we try to be selective and have. I mean, I think at one point we had four or five firms. Now we're we're approaching eight. So. Um, you know, maybe, maybe by that point, the players, wherever they are, they'll be. Uh, we, we can make a better assessment of who, who can do what specific area of, of work and make that tough decision on on a number of firms. But um, I'd be supportive of us, um, including uh, Pinpoint, because of the the uh, human services issues and the elder services issues that we're we're dealing with, um, and then truing up the rest of the the folks to fifty four thousand annually. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, You're welcome. Are you going to stay on the phone? Yes, sir. Okay. So you'll, if you if you want to pop back in, let me know. Uh, with that, I'm going to I'm going to go back to the bullpen, hand this back over to Mayor Shreve and Commissioner Rich. You're first. Okay. Welcome. Thank you, <laughs> um, Commissioner Rich. Yes, um, I, I would like to add my um, support um, for including pinpoint uh, results uh, in uh, in our lobbying core. They actually have been lobbying uh, for Broward County, and um, they have been in, uh, an important part of the team, particularly as it relates, uh, as was mentioned, to human services. Uh, I want to mention that we, we did add uh, numerous human services to our legislative priorities last year, and that's a good thing. Uh, we looked at uh, community care for the elderly, um, and that received an increase in Tallahassee, which is very hard to come by, and that was, I think, primarily through the efforts of uh, uh, Mr. Beck. And uh, we receive, we're going to receive $342,000 for CCE as a result of it. That would be our, our state share. Uh, he is extremely well positioned, I think, to represent us in all the human service areas. He uh, also you know, represents the Florida Coalition on Aging in Tallahassee uh, and just has a tremendous grasp of uh, these public policy issues and particularly related to seniors, which is a, a big issue for us, as well as affordable housing and homelessness and um, many of the other um, uh, human service issues. So uh, I would uh, like to see him added at the $54,000 amount, his firm. Um, and then again, everyone, as everyone has said, um, after the November election, uh, this will be a one year and we'll be going back to look over to look at our overall lobbying composition so uh, but I think it's incredibly important Medicaid is going to be a huge issue this year it's another area where uh, where you know pinpoint can be very uh, helpful to us um, and um, I just think that we some of these firms and certainly uh, Candace uh, from Eric's consultants does a really good job on human service issues and, and several others but uh, I think the core of, um, of Pinpoint and Mr. Beck's lobbying efforts has always been human services, and I think it can tremendously shore up our lobbying efforts, so I would like to urge that we do that. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Geller? Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I have a number of questions and comments on this. Um, let me lay out some of them, and uh, I will need answers to some of them. Um, First, in general, on the pinpoint issue, while I'm, I, I'm not personally familiar with them, I'm sure that they've done a good job, as Commissioner Rich says. I'm sure that you know they're valuable. I have a question as to why 
if we were originally paying one firm $54,000, or actually, if, if you include Eric's consulting, it was uh, 72. 72. Why? If some of the people split off, we would pay 72 plus 54 for the same services that we used to be getting all of for 72. So that's an initial question. Uh, a second question I have is, and I don't know if can I didn't see Candace here, um, but a, a question that I've got. I mean, I happen to think that Dave and Candace are have been excellent lobbyists for us. I'm just trying to figure out who they are. Who they are? I mean, who they're working for in terms of originally. As I'm looking, it was Adam Street Advocates, Eric's Consultants. I understand that Candace and or Dave. Uh, I, I'm not exactly familiar. I, I know David is here. Is, are with Trip Scott right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out if we're paying Eric's consultants or the Eric's if we're paying them under the Adam Street Advocates contract, Adam Street Advocates slash Eric's consultants, or the Trip Scott. If they, because I just I'm, I'm not sure on this. I, I would like some additional clarification on this. I'd like to find out. Now I've known Jim Scott for decades. I served in the legislature. While he was there, you know, I think he's excellent. I, on the score sheet, they were ranked like way, way, way below everyone else. And I'm hoping Mr. Labrador or somebody, I don't know who put together the score sheet. So I have no knowledge as to whether or not it's accurate. I'd like to figure out why, if somebody can tell me you know, what the basis was, why they were ranked so much lower than everyone else. Um, and is this, because again, I know that Jim Scott has all of the influence in the world in Tallahassee. I'm assuming that he did things we asked him to do. So I, I, I mean, I, I like the guy, uh, you know, but I, I'd like to see some explanation as to why they were ranked so much lower. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, that I completely agree with uh, Chip Lamarca, uh, Commissioner Lamarca, that every lobbyist, and again, uh, you know, maybe we should be bringing Pittman up, but I, 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 as a matter of principle, I don't think every lobbyist should be paid exactly the same number with the exception of or lead lobbyist, because I know I put together lobbying teams, and I paid different people on the same team different amounts, um, so they're not interchangeable widgets. So I have a number of questions about this whole process that I'm hoping somebody can fill me in on. And by the way, if we're talking about adding lobbyists, you know, person that I would recommend happens to be, I, mean, I assume everybody would assume I'd recommend you know, a, a Democrat because I'm a big Democrat, but I work in Tallahassee a lot and somebody named Richard Coates, Tidewater Consulting, happens to have represented 
you know, he's both a lobbyist and a lawyer and has represented virtually every Republican in the legislature as an attorney and then lobbies them as well, which is great work. But, I mean, I, if, I, if we're adding, and maybe I'll suggest we do this next year, he's somebody I'd be looking at if I were putting together a lobbying team. So, you know, I just do have these questions that I've raised. I'm not sure. I guess it's to the administrator since she's yes. raising her hand. Ms. Henry. Um, so there were several questions. Um, and the first of your question, I believe that a representative from Aerith Consultant should respond to that. Um, I believe I was asked that question um, during uh, one of my briefings, and I indicated at that time that that the person that should be should answer that question should be a representative of the firm. So if Which firm? Eric's consultant or Adams Street Advocate. Madam Mayor, again, I, I, said, okay. I, I have the greatest respect for them. Okay. I'm just trying to okay. figure out who's who. You can't play, tell the players if they had a scorecard. Okay, Ms. Henry. Yes, this is Mr. Eric, so he's probably the best to, to answer that question. Okay, where is the, is the mic on? Yes, it's okay, on. Okay, thank you. Dave Eric's Eric's Consultants mm -hmm. and Claudia Devant, Adam Street Advocates. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've obviously rubbed you off almost 30 years. Can we put you, you a little bit close to the mic? Yes. Okay, you know, thank you. Just kind of Eric's Consultants had the pleasure of representing you for almost 30 years. And I think that's a good reason, or in Mr. Book, and we've always been ranked one or two, and that's why we were probably given the raises, because we were around when you took away money from us, too, in the, in the hard times. But as to the team, I mean, now we're getting into, you know, firm, firm differences. And, you know, if somebody left at one of the other firms, I don't think this would even be brought up. It just has because of the relationship that uh, Commissioner Rich has with the, uh, the Human Services, and Robert Beck did work those. But... Eric's consultants went together with Adam Street advocates on this. But as of today, Mr. Beck and not Jackson, I mean, they were never worked on the, on the issues. Jackson or Mr. Cherry never worked on Broward issues. Mr. Beck did. He chose voluntarily to leave the firm. He left behind when he left the firm. He left behind clients, and he got other clients. And so he walked away from Adam Street advocates, which... You know, I still have partners, and Claudia obviously owns, and he just left. Now, we still have four people working, Candace, Lauren, Claudia, and myself. We're just missing Mr. Beck because he chose to leave the firm. But, and, and, you know, I don't want to get into legal things of this thing, but, you know, he left the firm and left Broward County with Eric's consultants and Adam Street Advocates. So that is the logistical reason to answer your question, Commissioner Geller. Yes, Commissioner Geller. Okay, sure. It doesn't fully answer my question, but a an additional question on that is: Are you saying that, in your opinion, that Adam Street Advocates slash Eric's consultant has the same capacity to deal with the health and human services issues without Mr. Beck? I wouldn't say, but I say we can handle it. I mean, I'm not going to say we don't. Uh, I mean, once you answer that, Claudia, she does a, he does a lot of it herself. Uh, so, Commissioner, to go to your question, so I own Adam Street Advocates. We started it five or six years ago, and as um, Dave mentioned, we, we reorganized, and, and Robert um, has gone back to his original firm, and I am in the process of interviewing others, actually, to, to join my firm as well. But I also was 
lead on uh, human services issues, especially with the managing entities and some of the provider issues that we had. So I, too, have an expertise in, in that area. I would say that Robert Beck has probably one of the greatest um, experiences with budget issues, however, and I do think that he brings something to the table. Why else would we have added him to our team when we bid um, a couple years ago? So it's unfortunate that, that this is um, taking up your time. I think we're talking about all qualified people. We're, we are just as committed now as we were a couple years ago to, to represent you, and obviously Dave and Candace have been doing it for many, many years. So it's really um, you know, up to the, the commission, obviously, but we are here. We're fully um, committed and capable of doing the work that we've always been, been doing okay. since we got hired. Well, I'm sure. Okay, well, the, of course, the concern that I have is we were paying for, well, one of my, my first concerns, we were paying 74000 to get everybody before uh, 72, and now we'd be paying 72 plus 54 to the, the same people for the same work, but broken up into two firms. You can understand why, A, that would be a concern of mine. And my second concern, Dave, is, and again, I have, I've known you for decades. I think you and your daughter are outstanding. I'm just trying to figure out, is Candace and, and you, because I just don't know the internal workings, are you guys Eric's consultants? Are you Adam Street Advocates? Or are you Trip Scott? What? <laughs> Eric's consultants. The Trip Scott is a separate Thing that Candace did with with them, and it's, it's Candace. She'd have to answer that question. You know, I mean, I can answer that. I said she could do it, and I believe it was approved um, by Eddie that it, that it was approved. It would be okay because Jim Scott does special projects, and Candace works on all my issues for various consultants along with myself and Claudia. Okay, so here's what I'm seeing here with this, Commissioner Geller, if you would permit. Um, I think that that there needs to be some further meetings had for Commissioner Geller to gain clarification on the process of how the lobbyists are selected. Not just me, I, Madam Mayor, okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't need any, I know, but if anybody else up here needs clarification, I don't think that this is going to be the place where you're getting that. I think, Ms. Henry, is it possible to, um, take this item off the agenda or withdraw it from the agenda, bring it back on the next commission meeting? Madam Mayor, if I'm the only one that has questions, I'll just wave them. If other people do, then we can postpone Okay, so at this time, is there anybody else that wishes, that, that has questions that they're um, needing answered before voting on this item? I, I just, Okay, hold, hold on one second. I had, I had a cue. But because of the time that has been expended already, I was thinking that if we weren't able to get to a conclusion on it, but I think if you are, that's fine. Um, Commissioner Geller, did you, were you finished? Well, I have the one other question on how the rankings came up. We've, we vote, and that's why I said I think that that requires some. The, rankings, that mm -hmm. the, the evaluations. Oh, the evaluations, okay. You, your your mic is not on. As I said, I know that uh, you know President Scott is you know has tremendous abilities, and I see he's ranked way 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 below anyone else. So uh, okay. apparently, Mr. Eric said he's only doing special projects. So I'm just hoping somebody can explain how they came up with these rankings. Mayor, if yes. if we can, um, there I. 
I gather there may be some other questions. So, so if I can get them all, and then we'll try to answer as many as we can. But okay. uh, I just, again, to frame why this issue is here, um, our contracts end September 30. Mm -hmm. And the team that we have in place is the team uh, that was selected by the board mm -hmm. and the compensation provided by the board. There was a change in the joint venture. Right. One of the principles that we uh, utilized um, under the old team, under this current contract, is no longer there. So we provided information to the board to let you know that. But other than um, other than that, um, we're just here to answer any other questions. I um, received questions regarding the relationship between Senator Scott and um, uh, and others, and and I did not feel comfortable having me or my staff explain these relationships. As you can see, they're a little bit complicated, and mm -hmm. that that should be done by the principals and and not, not by by staff. Madam Mayor, right. from the Okay. Today, unless anybody else has questions. So what I'm going to do is, once uh, you had your questions, so I'm going to go on to Commissioner um, Commissioner Holness, and then followed by Commissioner Rich, followed by Commissioner Udine. Okay. And then you're on cue as well. Okay, no problem. You got it, Commissioner Holness. Yes, from from the comments I'm hearing, uh, that Eric's believe they are capable of handling. Uh, the needs that we have, however, from I believe or experience and, and staff, and they actually said that uh, the partner that left has great expertise. Uh, so I believe we ought to ensure we have that on board for us. Uh, so I, I would um, support us at in pinpoint uh, because of that exp expertise, and, and we ought to ensure that we're doing everything we can to bring the dollars home from Tallahassee uh, for the people of Broward County. And this is one of those things that we do. Some folks don't like the idea that we do hire uh, consultants and lobbyists, but you can't disarm yourself in a war. Uh, you've got to use everything you have available to you. Uh, and, and this is uh, the effort for us to bring money home. Last uh, year when we looked at this, I, I thought about how, and I, and I spoke of the issue that it seems so unfair that we have one lobbyist earning t almost $20,000 less than the rest. And, and from uh, our staff comments just now, they do a great job. Uh, they ought not be penalized, and, and I think that it's so wrong that I believe that we ought to, uh, I agree with uh, Commissioner Lamarck on this, we ought to uh, make them whole, bring them to where they are, but it ought to, have, in my mind, be retroactive because that's a fair thing to do. It's a totally unfair that we had someone doing pretty much the same work, similar work, and we have them uh, at $19,000 less than the others uh, for no particular reason. Uh, that was given to us other than they were added on one month late. Now they've performed for a full year, and we've seen the results. They have delivered. So my, my proposal goes a little bit further than uh, uh, Commissioner Lamarca. In addition to bringing them up to the 54,000 as the others are, we ought to also go back and pay them for the work that they did last year fully. 
which is to add that $19,000 that we shorted uh, them from last year. Thank you, Commissioner Holness, followed by Commissioner Rich, then Commissioner Udine. Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to say that I, I think, you know, we, we've, we're, we're kind of a little out of field. Um, we, I think what we were asked to do is just do a one-year um, addition here, uh, which I support. Um, and then after the election, we come back, you know, look at relationships, you know, who's elected, what, what people we need, and so forth. So I would like uh, to uh, make a motion that we add pinpoint results to our lobbying team uh, at the maximum level of $54,000. Do you have a second for that motion? So. She made a motion that um, we add pinpoint to the lobbying team for the one-year term at the $54,000 and um, approve that today. That doesn't change anything, but she's. This is, it doesn't change it doesn't the, change the current people that are on right. there. It doesn't this change is their point. price. She this, just want to add. This is my point. The point is that we, we had a change, as uh, our administrator said, in one firm. The, the person who left is a key person in human services. You've heard that all before. I don't want to repeat that. Um, and I would like to just add that. And then, as we said, in November of 2018, the whole thing is open. Uh, so anybody who has, you know, any other issues or whatever, or if anyone wants to make another motion, a different motion for something else, I but, I, I, but I, I would like to make sure that we have the proper coverage for health and human services okay. in Tallahassee. And the session starts in January. Committee weeks are starting now. We cannot delay this. We need to have our team in place. It's very important. LBRs are being put out now. We need to be there. So I, I would like okay. to. Um, so I, I, would, I would like to second the motion. Okay, so we have a motion and a second on the floor. I heard from my right that you had, um, Commissioner Holness, you said you had a substitute motion. What is your substitute motion? My motion is that we do add pinpoint, but we also, uh, as Commissioner Lamarca, and I don't know if he's still there, suggest uh, do the right thing. And, oh, I know. And I'm in, here, Commissioner. Okay, and increase the uh, pay that we offer to um, or lobbyist that's making 35000 rather than fifty four. bring him up. What, can you make the name, put the uh, name out there so that the... Pittman, Pittman Law Group. Okay. Uh, and, and bring him up whole. So that would, be, that would be the motion that I make. Okay. So Commissioner Holness's substitute motion is that in addition to adding pinpoint at $54,000, that we increase Pittman lobbying firm by... Thirty-four thousand total. It's, it's going to be added. Nineteen thousand would be added on. Nineteen thousand total. Yes. Okay. By nineteen thousand total. Okay. So that that's the substitute motion. Based on Robert's rules, we'll take up the substitute motion first. If you have a second. I got him. Hold on. Um, do I have a second on Commissioner Holness's motion? I'm sorry, but I don't understand the difference between. He's just adding. He's now adding more to it. So she only went to 54 for the one firm to add an additional form, which is pinpoint. He's now saying he wants to increase Pittman Law Firm 
by the 19,000 So that DR-54 like everyone else? Oh, so no, he wants it right, right now. Yes. For the future. Yes. For the future. Okay, so you dropped the retro. Sorry. Okay. I agree with everyone being treated equally. I'll I'd second that if the retro is removed. Okay, so well. Commissioner Lamarca seconded that motion. So do we, oh, we have it clear minute, Secretary? Okay, at this time, um, we have two motions on the floor. We'll take up the substitute motion first, which is Commissioner Holness's motion. All those in favor of that motion sit. You want to you yeah. want to debate some more? Yeah. Okay. I don't have a problem with the part about uh, increasing Pittman Law Group. That part I'm I'm fine with. I do, and I, that's why I wanted to hear what Commissioner Udine and Commissioner Bogan's comments were going to be, because I do have a concern, again, about we were paying to four people, five people, yeah. one law for one group, Adam Street Advocates and Eric's Consultants. We were paying right. them 72000 right. and now that. we're going to be paying that, that same okay. people. But they're okay. But in two different groups. And they're okay with that. Didn't he say you're okay with that? Yes. yes. Not you. He's asking about you, Dean and Bogan. You, Dean and Bogan, just go ahead. I was in the queue, but either of these motions, I'm going to be able to support either one of them. Okay. I was going to say something different. Right. Yeah, I, right. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to support Commissioner right. Holland's motion as well. Let's vote. Okay. Sure. All right. So we are on the substitute motion, which is Commissioner Holness's motion. Um, that would increase the Pittman law firm by 19,000, as well as add pinpoint for 54,000. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Okay, that passes unanimously. Just for clarification, there's nothing retroactive. Right? Nothing retroactive. Okay, so at this time, that disposes of the item and it's no need to vote on Commissioner Rich's motion, okay? I, I just, just want to clarify, did, did that motion Approve the whole team moving forward for the yes. Okay. yes. Just making sure. Yes. Good. Okay. All righty. Okay. That motion included pinpoint for fifty-four thousand dollars, an increase for the Pittman law firm for nineteen thousand dollars, and a vote for the entire team as a whole to continue on. Yes. That's good. Yes. good. Okay. Go. Relax, relax, I'm getting there. Um, we, we moved some items out of place because um, I was actually at the doctor's with my daughter. So we have item number 17, which is my item, and item number 18. I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, call the public speakers up for item number seven. Do we have a, oh goodness, it's 11.36, we better do our time certain. Okay, so we have two time certains for 11.30. We have the um, Broward Means Business to pleasures of the sea and we also have a proclamation to senior master sergeant we did that, we did, oh, we did that one okay mayor may i ask yes. you um there's people here that are waiting to speak on 17 um if you're going to do this abroad i mean can you at least let them know how long because they're it's going to uh, be less than three minutes if you let me read the proc less than three Thanks. minutes okay okay
Okay. This proclamation is presented as part of the Broward Means Business. Whereas Pleasures of the Sea opened for business in September of 1997 in the beautiful city of Lauder Hill, Florida. And whereas the goal of this establishment is to provide excellent tasting seafood with outstanding professional service. And whereas Pleasures of the Sea prides itself on offering ex-felons who are interested in changing their lives employment opportunities to repatriate themselves into society. And whereas Pleasures of the Sea now has two locations serving the communities at 1275 Northwest 31st Avenue in Lauder Hill and 1900 Northwest 6th Street in Fort Lauderdale. And whereas Pleasures of the Sea has 16 full and part-time employees, most of whom are ex-felons, and whereas from its noble beginnings, Pleasures of the Sea has been awarded recognition by many local organizations, such as the YMCA of South Florida, West Ken Lark Community Association, local churches, and many others. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, September the 26th, 2017, as Broward Means Business Pleasures of the Sea Day in Broward County, Florida. And since this business is located in Lauder Hill, I did see Commissioner Holness. I, you, can you please come down and join us? Thank you. And um, there's a special um, person that we'd like to bring up because he was uh, responsible for this nomination, and that's Chris Walton. Come on up. All right. Okay. So we'll go. And not only is he a Broward-based business, but he is a Broward County employee, and that's why Chris brought it to our attention. So we are so proud and pleased to have you here. Please say a few words. I have two locations. Uh, first, I would like to thank Broward Means Business, Mayor Barbara Cherie, and the County Commissions for honoring and pleasure of the sea. Also, to the county and the, uh, to the community that supports us. Our establishments have been lucky enough to have two partners, one of whom goal was to serve the community with uh, people who stands up for even when, I'm sorry, <laughs> when people support the people who stands up for even when things seems tremendously worse than they are. One of whom is here with me today, Nipsey. My partner, Melvin Smith, who has been a friend for more than 50 years and his beautiful wife, Sonia Smith, were the brainchilds behind Pleasures of the Sea. They were both employed by local law enforcement agencies and saw the need to help ex-convicts patriate themselves into society through gainful employment. Unfortunately, they couldn't be here today because Sonia is battling a very serious illness and he's by her bedside in the ho at the hospital. Our thoughts and prayers goes out to them. From their local, from their love of seafood, Provisions of good service and the recognition of people in the community who were looking to be employed. Pleasures of the Sea was born. This has proven to be a beneficial to all concerned because these now law-abiding citizens found that they can move up in society by using Pleasures of the Sea as part of their employment history, and many did. Most of our employees today are people who have found themselves caught up 
on the wrong side of the law and are not now trying to improve their lives. Not buying into the concept initially, I was amazed at how loyal and dependable these employees were. As an employee of Broward County Transit for over 32 years and serving as Vice President of the Transit Union Local 1267, I have, been, I have seen big changes in the division over the last 15 years, changes for the better. With that, with that consistent change in our times, I was able to learn from it and have recognized that to have a successful business for many years changes is a must. In many ways, the education gained from the classroom and through my employment with Broward County Transit has allowed me to incorporate it into Pleasures of the Sea. As we continue to evolve and grow, we are looking forward to bringing our establishment into other communities in Broward County and other counties. Again, we would like to thank all involved in awarding us with this humbling honor and hope to see you all at Pleasures of the Sea. Thank you. I'm sorry, someone wanted to know the address. We have two locations. One is at 1275 Northwest 31st Avenue in Lauder Hill. The other one is at 1900 Northwest 6th Street in Fort Lauderdale. And, and let me thank you so much for what you do. Uh, this is an example of how you can profit and do good at the same time. And, and, and for folks who might be caught in the system somehow, some way, that we often want to discard, this is a way for us to really bring them back in. And I thank you so much for reaching beyond and helping those who are in need. Thank you. Um, okay, at this time I'm going to take up item number 17. Item number 17 um, I put on the agenda because of the issue that we have been having with fentanyl in our community. I, um, subsequent to putting this on the agenda have received some information that um, kind of changes what um, I wanted to do with it. And so I was actually gonna pull the item and um, withdraw it completely, but I had these people signed up to speak. And so I didn't want them to have sit here and wasted their time. So I wanna go ahead and allow the public to speak on it. And then I'll go ahead and withdraw that, the item at the appropriate time. So for item number 17, the first speaker that I have is Josh Rydell, followed by Ryan Ross, followed by Vicente Thrower, followed by Russell Rand. Okay. If I may. Good morning. Mr. Ross. Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, members of the Broward County Commission. Uh, my name is Joshua Rydell. I'm actually the Vice Mayor of the City of Coconut Creek. I don't come in that capacity. I'm also an advisory board member of your Substance Abuse Advisory Board. I don't come in that capacity. I come in the capacity of a 12-year lawyer in the world of criminal defense. Uh, this 
and I'm glad to hear what you said, Mayor, because I think what the legislator has done is a Band-Aid over a much more serious issue. I think we can all agree, as everybody in this room agrees, that fentanyl is a killer. Carfentanyls are killers. It is a bad, bad drug that's doing bad things to our community. It's devastated our community. But unanimously, what House Bill 477 did was add another minimum mandatory sentencing structure to our state legislative system, which is wrong, which I, I know uh, Commissioner Rich and Commissioner Geller, you've both fought for criminal justice reform, and this is not the way to go. Criminal justice reform needs to happen, and it doesn't start with adding minimum mandatory sentences. I have one minute left, and I called Commissioner Bogan, because he's obviously my commissioner in my district before this, to point out something that all these minimum mandatory bills have in common. You are a drug trafficker by possession. That simple. An active drug user that has five grams of a compound mixture of fentanyl is a drug trafficker. Mm -hmm. That simple. This bill and all the minimum mandatory bills do not address true drug dealers, and true drug dealers are not who fill up our prisons. It's active users, it's impoverished people, it's blighted communities that have been exploited, and it takes the full power of the law out of the judiciary, which I don't think anyone is for. So thank you, Mayor, for your comments before. I felt compelled just as an individual to come and speak my mind on this issue, and I would love the County Commission to come to the Substance Abuse Advisory Board tomorrow at 7.30, but also to try to be uh, forerunners on criminal justice reform. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Mr. Ryan Ross? Thank you, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Board of County Commissioners. I just prepared a short statement. Uh, I don't think it'll take the full two minutes. Okay. Sometimes it seems like our voices aren't represented in government, like we can't affect change in existing laws and policies. I hope that isn't the case today. Comprehensive examinations of the failed war on drugs are available in the public domain, so I won't repeat all of the data regarding the enormous impact in mass incarceration, which disproportionately affects minorities and the poor, the massive economic cost and burden to taxpayers are adding to the 1.6 million Floridians who currently cannot vote due to felony disenfranchisement a resolution this commission unanimously voted to restore last month. Mm -hmm. Adding certain synthetic opioid substitute compounds to the list of Schedule I controlled substances and establishing mandatory minimum terms of imprisonment failed to address the opioid epidemic as a public health crisis and devote resources to treatment programs and addiction services. Our chief medical examiner has estimated that over 1,000 people in Broward County will likely die from opioids this year. Introducing and voting in the affirmative for this resolution may communicate that the answer to drug-related death is stricter sentencing. This sends the wrong message to the Florida legislator and the governor that drug addiction is better viewed as a crime rather than a disease. I think most of us agree that fentanyl and other synthetic opioid substitute compounds present a serious threat to individuals, families, and communities, but studies show that mandatory minimums tend to hurt addicts more than it deters trafficking. What we need are sentencing reform and criminal justice reform that helps individuals dealing with the destructive effects of these drugs while providing medical and rehabilitative treatment alternatives. This strips judges of their discretion. HB 477 sensibly allows emergency responders and others to administer synthetic uh, or antagonists to combat opioid 
uh, and recognizes the danger of fentanyl and carfentanil and other synthetic opioids, but continues a long history of stricter sentencing and scheduling related responses to a public health problem, a response that is responsive Thank responsible you. for disproportionately hurting minorities and those suffering from addiction. For these Thank reasons, you. I ask the mayor and vice mayor and the rest of the board to vote in the negative on this resolution. Thank you. I just said I was withdrawing it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. And your daughter's adorable. All right. Um, Vincente Thrower is your wave. Okay. Perfect. Mr. Rand. I want to thank you for the bathroom break. Um, among the many hats I wear is that of chemist, trained chemist for decades. A lot of stuff flying here. I got safety first. Anyway, uh, minimum mandatory is just dumb stuff. That's just dumb stuff. Um, I think marijuana is still a schedule one with the heroin and cocaine, and you can die from eating marijuana, in particular candies and children. And you can die from drinking too much water, and it, it does happen. People drink too much water and die. The aspect of a murder first degree, you have to prove intent to do that. And like the nursing home situation, tragic, how are they going to prove intent that these people intended to kill these poor people? Can't be done. And I'll testify, I can do that. The, um, if I die from the chemicals and asbestos in my body starting 43 years ago, which is a terrible situation, would that be murder first degree? It was deliberately done to me. Intent was there by your own environmental who was dumping chemicals, making drugs at the time, and a lot, a lot of things. There are VIPs watching from Hollywood, Hollywood, California right now. Uh, they're wondering what the heck's going on here. They're wondering and watching. And it doesn't look very good. As always, thank you. Okay. Thanks. All right, so commissioners, the reason why I withdrew the items is because when I tried to take out the mandatory sentencing, I realized I, I, I can't change it anyway because they've already um, passed the law. And uh, so that wasn't really my intent. I was trying to mimic what they were doing, but just to do it in a way where we were um, putting some stronger resolution on our streets about how, how serious we are about the opioid, opioid epidemic and about fentanyl in, in general and the mixtures of fentanyl that are out there. Because of the fact that I can't change it, um, to take away the mandatory minimums, I felt like the best thing to do was to just withdraw it. And so that's why I'm withdrawing it. But I did feel the need to let these um, people who showed up speak. So if, if, if that's okay, can I just go ahead? I'm, I'm making a, mo a motion to withdraw my item at this time. Okay. Do we need to? Do I need a motion? Okay, so then I'm just withdrawing it so we can move on. I'm going to move the agenda. The next item on the agenda is item number 18. Who withdrew? Who withdrew? Wait, 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 guys. Okay, I had one question on that. Uh, yes, on okay. item 18. Right. Uh, well, I had asked you two questions. Somebody withdrew it from consent. Who was that? No, the public. So I was trying to oh. get to Mr. Okay. Rand. Okay. So, um, Mr. Rand, can you come back to the podium again? Thank you. 18. 
constructions <laughs> Home Depot. Okay, Mr. Rand, you've got two minutes. Go beat the clock. Yeah. Um, I hate to talk about it, but uh, I have an issue with um, a few years ago, my microphone was turned off here when I spoke to the issue of climate change. Among the hats I wear, hurricane experts studying 62 years, scientist. I only know of one person in the United States studying longer, former hurricane director Bill Reed. We both remember the hurricanes in the early 50s in Connecticut and Rhode Island. Um, again, there's people watching this all the time. Um, I wonder if NACO is aware of this situation where I don't got my job, pension, anything, anything, a lot of money gone, no arbitration, no compliance, no settlement, no nothing. And then if I die, that's not going to be good. And I know this stuff. You always present the goody two-shoes part of the equation. You don't tell the whole truth, nothing but the whole truth that gives you a fair and balanced view of it. Nothing personal here from me. But the irony of this is just astounding, astounding. Because life is a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get. But also stupid as it stupid does. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Back to this dais, item number 18. Okay. We have... All right. Wonderful. All those in favor of item 18 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Thank you. All righty. Now we'll keep moving on to the, on the agenda. We are now at item number 34. That is the motion to discuss the regulations of the local location of medical marijuana facilities in Broward County Municipal Services District. I have on item 34, one, two, three, four, five speakers. Um, the first speaker is Mr. Rand. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. We have, we have more impersonation. No. He has two minutes to get this done. Let's go. Three minutes, usual customary practice for a regular meeting. Two minutes two for minutes, public agenda. Two, two goes minutes, back to you. Mr. It Rand, goes back two. To you. I, I just did a cursory review of your locations and all, and offhand, geez, I don't see anything in Rio Vista or Coral Ridge or, you know, Hollywood Hills or something, uh, Parkland. Am I missing something here? It's going to be in the usual locations over by the strip, you know, strip clubs or something. I don't know what the heck's going on here. But, you know, just, you know, if you put these on the GIS map and hone in on them and satellites and whatnot, you know, it just, it just, it just don't look right or whatever. Something, something's kind of funny here, you know. It's just me as an observation. Thank you. Okay, the next speaker is Mr. Jesse Scipio, uh, followed by Dylan Edwards. Good morning, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commission. Back in February, I submitted uh, letters from my community, Boulevard Gardens, to the Commission, requesting that when you decided to uh, to make a decision on where and the locations 
of these uh, marijuana dispensaries and facilities would be that you would consider my community, which is uh, fragile and still remains fragile to today. And uh, since that time, uh, laws have been passed, and it's a law now that we must afford those that need this, uh, these facilities that opportunity. I've learned a lot about the use, not having experienced it before, and uh, even to the point of where it's not only smoked but ingested, injected, vapors are created for it. There are even uh, creams and, and lotions, uh, bath uh, salts, and shower gels, and which are, are beneficial. And my only plea today to the commission is that you consider the location, the location, and uh, impose strict and stringent regulations governing and policing these facilities, considering the communities that abut them and their present status when it comes to uh, crime And my hope is that you would consider the location in which I live. Thank you very much. Thank you. The next speaker is Mr. Dylan Edwards, followed by Cheryl Murray Powell. Uh, good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, uh, Commissioners. My name is Dylan Edwards. I'm the Vice President of Sales for Green Roads World, a local CBD manufacturer out of Davie, Florida. Um, I wanted to focus specifically on hemp and not marijuana today. First, drawing that distinction that marijuana is a cannabis plant growing more than 0.3% THC, which creates those psychoactive effects that are commonly referred to as their medical benefits. Um, alternatively, hemp is a plant that grows less than 0.3% THC and instead grows large concentrations of CBD, the non-psychoactive component of cannabis that attaches to receptors in your immune system and causes all these normalizing functions. It's an adaptogen, it's a neuroprotectant. This is what they are specifically referring to when they talk about the medical benefits, not necessarily the psychoactive effects that can incapacitate users. Um, I think that the social and economic benefits of it are even larger than what medical marijuana can provide. First, in addressing the opioid crisis with something that does not have toxic side effects or chemicals to it. Um, additionally, as Green Roads World is one of the largest manufacturers of CBD in the country right now on a national level, um, we've been able to build annual revenues of over 20 million to this date. Um, there are projections that the CBD industry, not marijuana, but CBD will be a $20 billion industry by 2020. Um, all of these products that are made are devoid of THC, and I think that it's very important to address this separately from marijuana when we're talking about the medical aspects of the plant and also in terms of actual growing. Um, Green Roads World has been able to make contact and introduce legislation to the Florida government about growing hemp in Florida and are now in the works of trying to make that happen, which will increase jobs by thousands in agribusiness as well as millions of dollars in revenue in all different sorts of industries. And I think that's very important to note. Thank, Thank you. you. Next speaker is Cheryl Mari Powell. Good morning. Uh, I'm Cheryl Murray Powell. I am a general counsel for minorities for medical marijuana, um, general counsel for Bud for Vets, and also in-house counsel for Green Roads World. Um, so I came along with Dylan. I, I must agree with the first gentleman who spoke when he um, indicated that we are past the point of deciding whether we should or should not have uh, medical marijuana available in the state of Florida or Broward County. Um, what we need to focus on is 
specific to patient access, especially with our aging community as referenced by Commissioner Rich, that we have uh, a lot of an elderly population in our county. With that in consideration, uh, we trust in the guidance and the um, wisdom of our commissioners to make the right decision as far as placement of marijuana, medical marijuana facilities uh, to meet the patient need in Broward County. Um, I would like to speak specifically to an alternative that we can all agree on, which is uh, CBD, hemp-derived CBD, which is produced by Green Roads World. Green Roads World is a company based right here in Broward County uh, in Davie, Florida. Um, we are, our products are available in 5,000 stores across the country and 700 physician officers, offices. Um, the reason why we're here is really to, one, educate about the medicinal properties of um, hemp-derived CBD, which is distinct from anything you find in a medical marijuana dispensary. Um, two, we wanted to make sure that um, you understand that there's a significant revenue stream that we're looking to uh, bring to Broward County with the manufacturing of hemp right here. Um, also, we want to talk about job creation. Our current operation has uh, 75 employees in Davie. We're bursting at the seams because there's such a demand for um, the medicinal benefits to Parkinson's patients, epilepsy patients, cancer patients um, across the country. We are currently sold in 44 states, and we ensure that those revenues come straight back to Florida and straight back to Broward County. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is and last speaker is Vicente Thrower. Um, good morning, Mayor, Commissioners. I want to talk about equality and about the economic uh, the economics of this particular um, item that's on the agenda. It, for so long, so many have been criminalized and put in jail for even carrying marijuana. Now there's an opportunity to create economics and to tell some of our young kids that, you know, you can be a chemist and learn something outside of, outside of just going and learning science, but you can learn something that will create some economics. It is just an insult that everybody felt is looking to make money on this up and up and around the country, but don't nobody want to say, well, how do we do this at home and make sure that it's legal and above board? So if there's anything this county can do, which I hope this item is promoting economic equality, I, I'm for this. I think this creates jobs that needs to create a lot of jobs because I would hate to see this thing get on the stock exchange one day and, I, and everybody in my neighborhood looking on the corner saying, dog, boy, why we couldn't get none of that? It needs to be about how do we bring economic equality and I support anything this county can do. And no disrespect to the prior gentleman that spoke earlier, I'm all for putting it where people can get access, especially the elderly who may need this and those who have cancer problems. Thank you. That concludes our speakers on um, item number 34. Back to this dais. Do you have anyone? Commissioner Holness? Yes. Uh, thank you. I, I would like to have Reverend Scipio come back because he said consider his neighborhood. Are you saying we should consider putting it there? Or what is your, because I know we've had some discussion over time. Uh, what is your take? Yeah, my take in, on it, in the beginning, I said, our community have problems already yes. with uh, the illegal uh, marijuana. And uh, I believe that to bring it to an area that has plagued with problems already, 
and uh, to only add and increase the, uh, to the uh, fragility of the community. And uh, I asked you in my letter, original letter, to impose a, a moratorium to study it. If you consider the crime since February that has been committed in my community, not because of, I'm not saying because of medical marijuana, but the existence of the crime in the area, okay? Uh, there were uh, uh, people purse snatched, uh, uh, necklaces taken, things like that. And uh, again, before, we talked about the safety of people coming into the community to get the marijuana, medical marijuana that they need. My community at this time, I mean, BSO is doing a tremendous job. The crime has gone down tremendously, but we still have a long way to go. So my plea is to impose a, marital, uh, impose a moratorium and study that area along 27th, okay, a Broward Boulevard, okay, where you have, uh, have already submitted to uh, locating these type of uh, facilities. Well, you know, this, this item that we have in front of us, we, we basically had uh, considered just certain zoning areas, certain areas which would limit the amount, but basically the state legislature now says wherever we can put a pharmacy, they ought to be able to put a dispensary there. Okay. So that's, we, we, we have two choices. Either we go along and allow for us to put these facilities, this, these dispensaries, wherever a pharmacy is allowed, or we ban it altogether. Am I correct, county attorney? Yes, commissioner. Okay. Well, my suggestion is that we abandon it. Other communities I've read uh, have banned it all totally altogether. And my suggestion for my community in my area, the area along 27th, that quarter there, and Broward, ban them. Ban them. At this okay. time, they have, uh, from, from my community, in my opinion, they uh, will, they, they, they could serve the purpose there, but at this time, I don't think so. Maybe in the future, yes. But now, I suggest that we either get no more, if no moratorium, then ban them. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Uh, county attorney, uh, hemp compared to marijuana uh, and the law. Can we have dispensaries for hemp? What is the restriction on that? Uh, is there any regulations? I'm certainly not an expert in these matters, but I will say that what the statute presently allows is a marijuana medical, medical marijuana dispensing facility, and that is all that is permitted, and it, it specifically defines um, the kind of marijuana product that can be dispensed. The statute provides for that. Attorney, sure. Do you do you do you know what there's a, is there a difference since this is your expertise? Yes, uh, Commissioner and Professor Kofi as well. <laughs> um, there is a distinction with the hemp space, the authorization to uh, have a hemp derived CBD or um, agricultural slash industrial hemp um, comes from the 2014 farm <coughs> bill um, signed into law by President Obama. Um, in across the country, the hemp hemp regulations legislation sits outside of the medical marijuana space. Medical mar marijuana, the licensing fees, the licensing structure is completely distinct from the hemp industry. Um, then within the hemp industry, there's the ability to grow hemp and then the ability to manufacture and sell hemp. So we are able to um, sell hemp here and across the country in all states. We are in 50 states as far as physicians' offices, but 44 states as far as um, selling through our Internet website. So we, we really want to make clear that there is a distinction 
and that the, uh, the scrutiny and the uh, regulations that you traditionally see in a marijuana space do not apply in the hemp space and the hemp-derived CBD space. Um, Green Roads, what we do is we try to set the standard. So we uh, create all of our products. Everything is pharmacist-formulated. Everything is done in an ISO clean room. Um, so we're leading the way, and that's why we are the largest manufacturer of hemp-derived CBD, and we're located right here in Broward County. Do you have dispensaries anywhere? We don't need dispensaries. We started initially um, in the uh, vape shop environment, and then we, with the aspiration of always being in the medical environment. And as of February, when we launched our wellness line, that's where we were completely embraced by the uh, physician community. So it, it doesn't even have to be in a, uh, in a dispensary environment, but we are seeing an, an increase, um, to your point, of uh, CBD-specific stores opening across the state. Um, most recently, one of our clients opened um, one in uh, West Palm Beach on Clematis, and they sell primarily CBD products with uh, Lake Worth, Florida, um, Oakland Park, Florida. There are um, stores that are opening not as uh, just having hemp CBD as one of their products, but their main product, their core area business, one, because patients need it, and two, because it's such a lucrative um, income generator. Is, is there any uh, zoning issues that they're facing with this or no? Not unless the local municipalities come up with regulations. Where there is silence, where it is absent, um, we are free to have CBD-specific stores. And we sell without any disruption from our website. And, and let me ask you, let's, let's go back over. The benefits are superior to uh, the, marijuana? The, the, thank you for asking that. The benefits are consistent. So we currently work with Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital, and we sponsor um, cancer patients, children cancer patients, with our hemp-derived CBD, um, our, most likely our 1,500, 1,750 milligrams, and we're seeing where tumors are being shrunken. So um, where you see the same illnesses such as epilepsy, um, cancer, uh, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, we sponsor them as well, um, autism, Alzheimer's, the same um, areas or chronic illnesses where you see a benefit for uh, marijuana, you're going to see the same benefits using CBD. There are some particular types of cancer where a little THC is helpful, but what's really interesting about our product is because we're not restricted by the regulatory structure, um, people who have an illness that isn't one of the enumerated illnesses on the list uh, for, uh, let's say, SB8A uh, for uh, medical marijuana can still get their CBD. So even if you don't qualify right. for a medical marijuana card, you can okay. still get CBD. Thanks. All right, all right, thank, thank you. So, much. so I guess our, our consideration here is whether or not we uh, ban or we allow for it to happen as the state legislator. Is that correct, County Attorney? I think that your staff is asking for that direction, yes. Well, I, I got to tell you, I've heard from numerous folks in the unincorporated area, and the BMSD as we call it, and, and, and most of them have an issue that I speak to. The uh, advisory council that we set up to, to be our, our sounding board to, to bring advice to us pretty much are against this. Uh, and and uh, uh, no, it doesn't account for every part of the unincorporated area. There's only two sections that's not represented all the way up north in Hillsborough. And, and uh, I tried to reach out yesterday to hear 
the opinion of those presidents, but wasn't able to. But for me today, I have to side with the, the folks in my district that have, uh, that, whose voice I must represent. Okay, the next person in queue is Commissioner Udine, followed by Commissioner Bogan. You're last. Thank, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, so when you look at, I understand there are other areas of unincorporated area. Alter, attachment number three has that Hillsborough Pines, which is Locks Road on the Palm Beach County line, which could be some economic development from people coming in from Palm Beach County. Um, this is an issue that I, I'm not an expert on either, but I do know that there are serious medical benefits from this, and our voters voted overwhelmingly to support this. I speak to seniors all the time um, who want access to this, and by banning it all over the place, we're kind of shutting that down. And I think, you know, when we look at the issue in greater detail, we all make that jump from, well, what's going to happen? It's going to be the wild, wild west, so to speak. I'm thinking that if this is regulated properly, we're, and, and if, it's, if it's controlled, and I remember when I, you know, there, there are certain building requirements, there's certain distance from schools. Um, I, I think that we should look at un, the areas where we can do this as a county to allow this to come in. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. Wow. No, I was just informed somebody became ill in the back, but um, um, we serve the voters. The voters voted for this. That's the bottom line. I think my district has as many seniors, if not more than most of my fellow commissioners. I have a lot of seniors. Beam, you have a lot of seniors. Um, most everybody I speak to of seniors are, want this. Yeah, there are a few that don't, but the majority rules and the majority of the seniors I speak to, and this is my district, um, want it and voted for it. So I think we're incum it's incumbent upon us to serve the voters by listening to them. And the majority of the voters want this, and um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, rec recommend that we move forward and go with what the voters wanted. Thank you. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Followed by Commissioner uh, Rich. Question to the county attorney. Um, when the legislature passed this, if we do nothing, does it automatically go into effect? Or do we have to take action one way or the other? I think that the prudent course is to take action. It's not a use that's presently permitted because it is not a pharmacy. And so the, the board needs to take action to either disallow it completely or, thank you. or indicate uh, that you will. Thank you. Madam Mayor, I just want to say most of the conversation, or actually every speaker I think we had, except for possibly one, um, weren't speaking to the item in front of us. The item in front of us is only what are we going to do in terms of the unincorporated areas of the county. It's my understanding that we can't say we're going to have it in some portions of the unincorporated, but not in other, that the legislature has taken that option away from us. We either direct the staff to prepare an ordinance to make it legal everywhere in the unincorporated counties where a pharmacy could go, or we make it illegal everywhere in the county where a pharmacy could go in the unincorporated areas. Since those are our two choices, 
I will echo the comments that have been made and at the appropriate time, which may be now, I would like to move that we direct the staff to prepare an ordinance to make it uh, legal in the unincorporated areas of the county. Is that it? That's what. Is that's the, your motion? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you got to hold on because I still have a queue. I got Commissioner Rich. Okay, just briefly, I, I, I just support the fact that the people voted for this. And uh, if we turn around and every place decides that they're not going to have it, then the will of the voters is not going to be recognized, and that's wrong. And I spent enough time in Tallahassee uh, with people who came year after year with children, with family members, with illnesses, uh, and uh, people who have children with epilepsy who had 100 seizures a day but use this and is, are now down to half a dozen. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just think it would be, it, it would just be wrong of us not to uh, allow this. And I do see it says here that you may regulate their location in a manner that is not more restrictive than criteria currently applied to a pharmacy. So that is the, the barometer is a pharmacy, is that correct? Yes, for locational for purposes. For locational purposes, okay. So I, I do support this. Okay. Um, and I'm going to speak on this item, one, from a medical perspective, you know, uh, this drug, these, um, and I call them as a drug, um, um, prescription drug, um, has been proven effective in many situations, um, um, such as those that Commissioner Rich has um, spoken about. And I do believe that the voters wanted medical marijuana approved. And so we do have an obligation and a responsibility to uphold that. Um, there is, this is not um, like um, handing people balls of, of marijuana out of a window. These are derivatives of marijuana, which are in liquid nebulizers or spray forms or pill forms. They're not um, drugs like you get in a baggie on the street. And so I just, we need to make that clarification because we're not uh, voting to approve that type of substance right now. We are voting to approve medical marijuana. And so with that, I am going to support the item. Um, I have another queue, which um, consists of Vice Mayor Furr, followed by Commissioner Holness, followed by Commissioner Bolt. Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, like everyone has said, the voters have spoken on this. I'm in support of this being within the unincorporated area. However, I do think we, it is incumbent upon us to take input from those areas to figure out where would be the best place. Can't do can't. that at all. No. Can't take any input at all. No. Of trying to figure out those spots. No. Wow. You can limit the location of pharmacies, of the kind of zoning <laughs> district that allows pharmacies. Okay. Okay. All right. Commission, all right. Commissioner Holness? Yes. Uh, an another question, uh, County Attorney. These businesses operate cash only, correct? Or do they take credit cards and, and other? Commissioner, I've read this statute, and I don't recall what the methods of payment are. I do know the statute is very prescriptive. I, I may need to take your question and look at it for a moment. Okay. Madam Mayor, I can help provide some information on that if you'd like. Madam Mayor, I can help answer his question. That would be great. Um, okay. Do you, you want to do that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, the 
because I've looked at this issue, there is some still some questions involving the uh, federal law. However, there are some local community banks, for example, in Broward County, the appropriately named First Green Bank or Green Bank, uh, which has was started long before cannabis, is accepting uh, transactions from uh, cannabis facilities. Uh, there is a split. Most of the large national banks are not, but many of the community banks are accepting uh, transactions from cannabis facilities. Thank you. We confirmed that. Yes, that's true. Okay. So, so are we saying that for sure they're they're accepting everything and are are. There's Are, nothing in the statute sure. that prohibits the use of a credit card. But but isn't the practice though for facilities like these to utilize cash only? That I, no, I, I, I no. Have no idea what the no, practice is. That is oh, not. Okay. As a matter oh. of fact, when we had the FAC um, summit summit on on marijuana, uh, we had a number of providers there that they take everything. So okay. that's that, right. there's no limit. So. Uh, uh, I wish we could do something to, to accommodate both sides. Uh, it doesn't appear as if we're going to because of where the legislature has put us. Uh, I hear from Reverend Scipio and others who have the concern. Uh, I, I think we ought to probably uh, look to see how we can add any layers of protection to help in the process, but not necessarily eliminate it totally. Uh, he's asking for a period of time. I don't know how long, but could we spend some time on this and, 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 and really try to figure out how can we accommodate the will of the voters? Yes, clearly, 70-plus percent of the people uh, in Florida voted to have this. Uh, but there are still concerns within pockets of our community as to the effects that this is going to have on them. Maybe no Ill, Ill effect, but maybe there could be. And, and, and there's great concern from these fragile communities as to how that will impact them. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we can take some time, maybe six months, to implement this uh, as we go forward. Okay, Commissioner Holmes, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, your last in queue, please. Sure, sure. Um, well, I certainly care um, about the community, as Commissioner Holness does, and I'm sure my fellow commissioners care about communities and impacts on anything. Um, stalling this out, I don't believe, and I view with taking six months on something is kind of like stalling it out. I, I, I think that we should be able to come up with a comprehensive uh, workable plan within 30 days. Um, I think it, it's incumbent upon us to do what the voters wanted to do and not be bureaucratic and take a long time to do this. So um, I uh, would like to support, I think a motion was being so made. So Commissioner uh, Geller made a motion to approve the item, and uh, Ms., uh, Commissioner Rich seconded that motion. I'm ready so to vote we on have that. A, a motion on the floor that had always been seconded. Since there's no item to approve, the, uh, my motion is to direct staff to draft an ordinance legalizing uh, the medical cannabis shops in the current uh, unincorporated areas that permit uh, uh, drugstores, okay, pharmacies. So that was a motion made and seconded. Um, I hope as we go forward, we can, as we do this, takes consideration of uh, what we just mentioned as we go forward. Thank you. So all those in favor of Commissioner Geller's motion signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? 
Let the record show that that passes unanimously. That disposes of item number 34. Um, item number 36 was a motion to amend the county commissioner's meeting schedule. Can I have a motion to approve this? If I might. Uh, adding a workshop. Okay. That's uh, that's for one of the items on there. Well, we are past the time. We're almost past the okay. time anyway. So, so if you want to have a workshop, be, yes. Be quick. No? no, no, no. Quickly. I, I think we ought to just go ahead and uh, allow for the sheriff's office to get that uh, seven and a half million that's on the table, uh, work it through for next year, come back, uh, let, let our auditors look the to make sure. That, right, but, wait, but that's, that's a workshop, not, okay. that's an adjustment for the workshop. Okay, so that, just no? say yes or no to the workshop. And then no. we can discuss the item. Not to the workshop. Okay, perfect. So we have a motion on the floor to amend the meeting, and we need a second on that motion? Okay, so that, that means that if you have a motion and you amend it, we have a workshop. If you don't want it, you vote no, okay? You got it? No, say it again. Okay, so this is a motion to amend the county commission schedule to add the workshop for today, which is supposed to start in four minutes. Okay. So if you're in favor of having that workshop in four minutes, I need you to raise your hand and vote aye. If you are opposed to having that workshop, you will need to raise your hand and vote no so we can figure out whether we're having a workshop in four minutes, right? That's correct. Discussion on it. Yes. You want discussion on that? Real okay. quick. Yeah, sure. Just I think, we, I, I think it's important that we go into the meeting mm -hmm. at 5 o'clock with clarity. Right. We, we, and the workshop's the only place where we're going to get clarity, you know, without, without I don't know how we're going to get clarity without that. Well, Hale's suggesting we clarity right now. I'm well, he was. And it could be a very quick workshop. I think it'll be a five-minute workshop. Yeah, I think it's going to be very fast. That's okay. We can get, that's we can okay, get, we but you're going to get your clarity. information that you asked for. That's all. Okay. So all those in favor of amending the schedule, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Okay, let the record show <laughs> that that passes unanimously, and we'll be having a workshop at 1230. No, you voted, yeah, you voted no. I mean, well, one. Okay, so all except one. All right. I'm going to take item number 37 which is a motion to direct the county attorney to research the extent to which available mechanisms through which the county can encourage or require property owners to refrain from planting trees, et cetera. Um, the, I bought this um, prep, uh, forward because um, almost three quarters of the power outages from the storm were related to people who had planted trees up underneath the power lines, trees that had grown uh, around power lines, um, trees that had fallen into transformers that were planted too close to power lines. And um, if, if we have an expectation of FPL that they get our power restored um, as quickly as possible, then we're going to have to be proactive in taking the approach of asking people and, and mandating that they not plant these trees under the power lines. So um, I bought this motion, this uh, motion to direct forward because um, Basically, this is not our last hurricane that we're going to have. It's not the first, and we need to be proactive. At this time, Mayor, I only have one person from the audience signed up to speak, so I'll go ahead and take that person, Mr. Rand, if you can make your way to the podium, and then I'll come back to the dais. Well, I'm tired of cutting trees, too, for, you know, hard half. Um, 
You already been here, done that with uh, Katrina Wilma in '05, and I lived in Riverland Road at the time. Lots of trees, and everything was out. My uh, bamboo in the backyard that was 10 feet was 20 feet. It was like whips. It just tore it right off my house. Transformers blew everything. When FPNL finally showed up, like 12, 14 days, 18 days later, uh, the residents were screaming, "Don't cut my tree! Don't cut my tree!" Well, how else are you going to get power on? So virtually, when you buy trees at Home Depot, they're this big or whatever. And you don't know how big they're going to get. Well, some get a foot and some are 25 feet. So everybody plants them on the edge. There should be a setback of a particular type of tree. And you can get this into an ordinance and all. And FPNL should be able to get on any property. Right now, they only cut like four feet around the, the power lines. But they need to cut the heck out of the trees back and all. The uh, whole idea of putting power underground sounds good, but it's tremendously expensive. And we haven't yet encountered of how you, you fix underground when it's flooded. That's a whole other issue and all. Um, but uh, they should maintain trees. And this is something you do on a sunny day until the next hurricane comes. This isn't rocket science and all. They would have had the power on. They did a great job, I thought, I thought, considering. This could have been much worse, much worse. And look at Puerto Rico with all the trees down the roads, impassable. And they're going to have a, you know, it's going to be years. They're going to just scrape that island off. This is a tragedy unfolding right now but cut the trees down back planting etc figure it out you can do it i think you can do it oh my god mr ran you just agreed what stupid no. is as stupid does no, no no i think you can do it you can figure <laughs> this out thank you have a seat all right um so item 37 that concludes our audience remarks commissioner bogan yeah the only problem you're going to have with this merit vice mayor and then go. Mary, yes. so, mm -hmm. so I live in Coral Springs, and if you want to do anything to a tree, you have to get approval. And I think you're going to find a lot of cities that have a lot of restrictions. Um, I, I would probably want to think that we have Joni Coffey. Once she leaves, she could do the research, and we could hire her outside and have her do the work to determine what's legal Actually, and not legal. Um, I brought this forward because there were um, the majority of the cities were supporting um, this yes, sir. Okay. I got a sorry, Joan. You just lost the. Uh, he just she yes. took your business away. I actually uh, Broward League of Cities I was distributing it anyway, but they were texting and emailing back that yes, they were in in agreement with it. All I was going to comment on is I think we should send this to the Broward Planning Council, which has a municipal representation, and they can try and work through that with the cities and bring it back to us. Oh, I submitted it to the Broward League of Cities. Yeah, so they, um, many of the cities um, actually wrote in about this. So anyway, so that, that, that's that. So the county attorney has her um, direction. And so, um, Commissioner Geller, I mean, I'm sorry, Vice Mayor Furr is next and then Commissioner Geller, okay. sorry. I, I think our code already reflects a lot of this. It maybe it didn't have the teeth in it that we, that we maybe got, but I know 10 years or so ago it was, it was changed. The one part that I want us to be very cautious about, where it, where it talks about it, allowing FPNL to enter the properties, because I know I've never seen a bigger blowback from anything like when the canker tree, when they allowed everybody to just go in there. Mm -hmm. and, you, that it's a nightmare when that happens, and people are, get really, really upset. So, before we say something like that, we need to really, really think twice about it. Um, I do see Ben Wesley just walked in. I think did Ben just walk in? Maybe no. Not. Um, but I would like to see. I would like to hear other ways of being able to do that. Maybe not just carte blanche, but um, I like the idea of going to the cities because that's where most of the most of it's happening anyway. 
Well, I, I think this ordinance, um, that the motion to direct came from the outcry of for help from the cities. And um, the, I would say that I had a majority of the cities already contact me about supporting this. So, so, so then they and that, that's why I resolutions sent it. on their books. Exactly. That's what this was about. Okay. This was starting at the county, and then they were going to take it and duplicate it in the cities. And that's why I was giving it to the Broward League of Cities as well. So um, the next person in queue is Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I think in general this is okay. I agree with Commissioner Udine on the Broward County Planning Council. Uh, I would comment that in, for example, where I live in Embassy Lakes, I wish I could get rid of that tree in front of my house that continues to, its roots keep breaking my sidewalk and will ultimately destroy my plumbing pipes. Um, but we can't based on our homeowners association. So I think that there are some cans of worms here, but as long as the motion is merely to direct the county attorney to research and come up to us with alternatives and or work with the planning council, I think it's fine and let's go ahead and vote, but I'm just wanting to let you know, there may be problems when we see the final work product. Thank you. Okay, so that concludes the discussion. Um, county attorney, no, it, she's clear on what she needs. It was just a motion to direct, right? Do we need, do you need to, we don't need to vote on this now. You're going to bring us back a, a product. Direct. I should vote. I'm sorry. Okay. So, uh, okay. I have a motion and a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Let the record show that passes unanimously. I'm going to go back to item 35. Um, Commissioner Rich, you pulled item 35, right? Okay. All right, no problem. So item 35, can I get a motion, motion please? Motion to approve. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show 35 passes unanimously. Item number 38 is a motion to submit the report of the Broward County Board of Commissioners. Uh, that's Dale Holness, Commissioner Holness. Yes. Second. <laughs> let, let me just quickly update you on this, and thanks for the vote, the the, the motion, and the second. We already we currently have forty seven countries that has agreed to participate, either through their consulate, their trade council. We have eighteen countries that are sending delegations in. Uh, we'll we'll expect a large delegation from Colombia, which is this trip, and and I, and I thank you for supporting me in this. Huh? Two years ago, we had about 30. Uh, we've, we're growing it. This year is going to be much better. And what I'm asking of you is look at your schedule to see what time you can be there on Tuesday, the 17th or the 18th, to participate and, and to bring some words on behalf of the county. Uh, on uh, Tuesday morning, we'll be open, Mayor. We'd love to have you there. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping to have the mayor for Lauderdale. He's got it on his schedule so we can... Really, I believe I'm, I'm yes. going to be there. Okay, great. Uh -huh. Thank you. Okay. All right, so you had a motion and a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show 38 passes unanimously. Next item on the agenda is item number 42. That's a motion to direct the county attorney to draft an ordinance amending the Broward County Business Opportunity Act, sections 181 through 181.8 of Broward County Code of Ordinances. This was brought forth by Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner Bogan, I have one speaker from the public on it, um, Mr. Rand, on item 42. Could you please make your way to the podium? Thank you. 
Thank you. I haven't delved into the particulars or anything, but you know, you're tweaking things or whatever. And anytime in my experience in my life that there's goals that are artificial or whatever, in order to make up for past transgressions or whatever, it's just, and this is firsthand experience speaking, where, <laughs> you know, there is no level playing field. No such thing exists. There is no equal. I wouldn't be standing here. I wouldn't be standing here if I was treated the same as other people. I wouldn't be standing here. So you're tweaking little things for the CBE or whatever and how much gets what and all. You know, it's like carving the turkey and all. And you keep tweaking how you're going to carve the turkey. And it just, it just gets stranger and stranger as government goes down this, this path and all, you know. And, you know, this is bizarre stuff. Bizarre stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, followed by Commissioner Geller, followed by Holness. So we have had a goal of having 25% of CBE participation with contracts. Some contracts have 50%, some have zero, some have 30%, some have 10%, but it's a goal. There's nothing mandated. And so I wanted to make, I think it's important that we support the CBEs and small businesses uh, economically here locally. And so I think it's important that we require the contracts use 25% CBEs unless, and there's the, uh, unless it's not uh, either possible or it's not reasonable. And if it's not reasonable, if it doesn't really make sense, then the staff comes back and says, it doesn't make sense here, we're not gonna use it, and at least comes back to the board. And um, obviously on a lot of contracts, it, does, it won't make sense. But I think instead of having a goal, we have a requirement, and therefore um, we'll be here to help small businesses and help local businesses um, share a piece of the pie, and I hope I can get support on that. Thank you. Commissioner Geller, followed by Commissioner Holness. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, Commissioner Bogan, I have a problem with this, and I probably would not have this problem if it came up next week. Um, the, the problem on this is this is a pretty big change that we're discussing making, w requiring that, and by the way, it, it, in reference to the question that came from the audience, this is not a minority set-aside, it's a small business set-aside. And I, I think we all agree that the small businesses, you know, we should be supporting as much as possible, and I... Uh, I think that the goal is maybe the appropriate way of doing it, or maybe you know, I'd like to hear more again from the county staff after they have a chance to look at this uh, as to whether or not also whether you can actually even do or should be doing 25% set-asides, what other local governments are doing. And uh, my major problem with this uh, commissioners only that it was added and supplemental and I think if this comes up so I haven't had a chance to really review it so that's why I'm wondering if you would be willing to just postpone this for one week so that we can get the input from the staff uh, you know and some research before we vote on this um, can can I do one thing can I get a motion to extend this meeting because we were supposed to second okay all those in favor signify by saying aye aye all opposed Okay, minute secretary. In, in, in response to, to Commissioner Geller, Commissioner, um, there's been for years a goal. All I'm doing is saying 
requiring it, but there's a fallback. They don't have to have it if it's not practical or reasonable. So I don't really see, you know, so I, 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 so anyway, I think the staff will answer your questions now. I'd rather not, and I think this even addresses the next one, a number 43. We sat here, and you were here, Commissioner Geller, talking about getting a small business. This was the uh, audit. We wanted to help a small firm, and we were talking about how these small firms and the, and the local businesses don't get a chance to get business, and so I think by having something in place, we address a, a solution to a potential problem, uh, or just anyway. I, I'd rather move forward. If you and if you want to ask questions, um, and, and they can't answer those questions, yeah. then I'd be willing to put push it. Okay, the next person is Commissioner Holmes. Yes, uh, and I think there's time. This is a motion to direct, so it will come back to us for discussion in the future. Uh, where you can have your question answered between now and then. Uh, when I got here, we were at 10 and a quarter percent participation by small businesses. Today, we're at 18 and a half percent, or maybe even better, hopefully. Uh, and it's because we did some tweaking. It's because we made some adjustments. Uh, I, 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 the language here says a minimum CBE participation goal of 25 percent. And, and it's not a set-aside. It, it, it's still aspirational that we reach here. It's not mandated that every deal has it. It's where it's, it's basically to say, look, let's do this, 25%. And if it can't be done, let us know. Rather than going through, and the staff has to go through an inordinate amount of time right now to do all kind of crazy analysis to determine whether or not we have enough, we don't have enough participants uh, signed up, this way, unless there's an issue where it can't be met and it's brought to us that we can't do this, then we're out of it. Uh, but but it, it is important that we grow our small businesses. That's where the job creation is in this country. That's where the economic growth is. When we grow these small companies, we ought to help them beyond just a small amount of participation also. We have to look to see how we grow them to go beyond Broad County to bring some of that money back home, to be able to compete in other parts of the state, in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world, so that we can continue to grow the economy and keep our people employed. Commissioner Lamarca, can you please mute your phone? Um, yes. And then... Could be on the queue if you would, Mayor. Mayor, there's a typo on here. I'm sorry. I just got this today, just like you did. I, I put it in. But on the um, one, two, three, four, five, six sentence from the bottom, the word goal should be taken out. That's what we have today. We have a goal. I'm not looking for more goals. I'm looking for 25%. If we can't reach it, if we only could do 10%, 5%, let them come back and say. If it's zero, it's zero. It's not mandated that everything has to be 25%. It's just, hey, 25% or show why it can't be made. And, and so the, the, the uh, description in here of goal needs to be, the word goal needs to be stricken. Okay. All right. So um, at this time, I still have a cue. Vice Mayor Fur, followed by Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you. I'm going to support this. Anytime you're, you have small businesses being brought into this, that means the money almost always is going to stay in this county. And that, that grows um, our entire economy. So I'm, I'm going to support this and hope it passes. Thank you. The next person in queue is Commissioner Lamarca. He, he's he's Mayor, there. Thank you. Uh, qu qu question, sorry. The question I have, 
Um, in, in reading the item, Commissioner, uh, and then talking about it, uh, when Commissioner Bogan introduced it, he uh, spoke solely of small business. When Commissioner Geller was speaking about it, he spoke about uh, the term set-asides, minority set-asides versus small business set-asides. Commissioner uh, uh, Holness uh, also talked about small business. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but our CBE program is one 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 size well it's, it's inclusive of everything it's it's uh small business it's dis, uh, disadvantaged business uh, woman-owned business minority-owned business it's all together under one cbe designation is that correct yes yes well, i was clarifying okay. it so wasn't minority be sure if i could just advise okay. the board that there is no longer an mbe or wbe right. program these, these are everything. only classified by business size regardless of who owns them Okay. Steve, it's, it's classified right. wait, by wait, business wait. size. Commissioner Lamarca has right. the floor. Right. Commissioner Lamarca has right. the so, floor. So I, I just, thank you. So I just want to make sure we understood it was inclusive of all, uh, of all former categories, but under that uh, county business enterprise. I, I, think it's a, uh, I think it's a very worthy uh, effort, it's a, and it's a good goal. Uh, but, but really requiring something, unless... Uh, let me let me just get one more thing clarified, if I could, um, possibly uh, county attorney. If we currently, right now, we have goals. So if we currently say that we want 25 or 29 percent or whatever that number is on a specific project, and if we can't, if that can't be met through our procurement process evaluation and uh, the folks who, who uh, put that evaluation together before it gets to us, they they are currently letting us know if it cannot be met now. Is that correct, Ms. Coffey? That's correct. So, if so it's whether there's not enough contractors or vendors to meet that number, or they're just it, however they're not able to get there, they'll let us know that now, correct? Right. The the, um, the goals are set on an individual solicitation basis. Okay. And and are, do we have do we have a minimum percentage that we typically put on a on a uh, project, or is that project determined? I think it's project based. Depending on the number of CBEs okay. there are, et cetera. Okay, um, I guess my only point would be I, I'm very much in favor of this, but I think Commissioner Holness laid out uh, the successes over the past seven years, and that's from just over 10 percent to nearly 20 percent to doubling. So we're practically at this number, and I, I guess my concern would be uh, setting setting this number as a requirement. We, we may we may cause some uh, some contractors or, or teams with with uh, CBE uh, contractors and vendors as part of them to not bid or just to not qualify because they're not going to make that number. Uh, I know that we have a courthouse that uh, had some major issues, and uh, if, uh, if, if I haven't been over there since the storm, but if I believed the reports in the newspapers uh, had some had some major leaks, we had a lot of issues with that courthouse. Um, the company that probably should have based on a 2% less, uh, less uh, you know, lower bid to build that courthouse, had some issues with during the procurement process getting to a specific number uh, for CBE requirement. And we're stuck with a building that somebody was able to put a, put, a, uh, put a spreadsheet together to submit prior to getting the project, and it cost us a lot, lot more money and a lot more issues along the way. I, I don't want to preclude us from, from having a team of uh, vendors, whether it's construction or or uh, consultants or engineers or whatever it might be, uh, 
from bidding something because it's a requirement. If we've doubled our, if we've doubled our results, it means people are getting, getting to do business with Broward County. So as much as I appreciate the number, and I, I think we should keep raising that number as a goal, um, I think if we, if we require it, uh, we may end up with, uh, with more projects like the courthouse. Okay, so that concludes the speakers on on um, on the commission. Um, Commissioner Bogan, would you like to close your item? Sure. Um, for for any comment for comments, I, I, maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but for 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 it to be assumed that it's CBE's fault on problems with the courthouse or the number or goal of the CBEs to work with the prime and the courthouse, if if that is a suggestion that I'm maybe misinterpreting. I think that's absolutely incorrect, but um, I, uh, I I look at I, I we think we need it, a motion. Okay, um, I'd like to move a motion to, to direct our county attorney to draft an ordinance. Thank you. Okay, I have a motion and a second to direct the county attorney regarding the CBE um, goals. All in favor, uh, target. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Let the record show that aye. that passes unanimously with those that are here. Okay, item number 43, I have a bit of an issue. We have... She, she did not hear Commissioner Lamarcus. I can't hear him. M Commissioner Lamarca, can you vote again, Sorry. please? Yes, I voted, I voted not to support that to continue okay. the current goals. So Commissioner Lamarca should you. be voted as, um, shown as voting no. Everyone else says yes. Thank you, Commissioner Lamarca. Um, commissioners, on item number 43, which is our last item on the agenda, I have 11 speakers signed up. If I give them two minutes each, that's 22 minutes. We were supposed to go into a workshop at 1230. I extended the meeting already by 21 minutes. What's your pleasure? You want to finish the item and then go to the workshop, right? Okay. So at this point in time, I need a motion to extend this meeting to the conclusion of the item. All those in favor signify Mayor, by saying aye. Mayor, question for, for you, I apologize, but not, not being there, I don't know the answer to this. Is the, is the sheriff and his representatives and uh, staff already sitting in room 430? I don't know, I, I, I don't have an idea. No? Okay. Do we know if anybody's know. in there? I don't know. Okay, we don't know that yet. Okay. Well, I did, I'm, I'm just concerned that we've asked them to come back, and now we're going to we're going to basically make them wait an hour. But whatever the majority of the board is, it's fine. Okay. No problem. Thank you. So we have a motion to extend the meeting now to the conclusion of item number 43. I have 11 speakers. The first person in queue is Joe Goldstein, followed by Donovan McGinley. Could you all please make your way to the front? Brett Friedman, Bert, Bob Feldman. Anthony Brunson, Mark Stempler, Bernie Friedman, Eileen Michelson, Tanya Davis for questions only, um, and then Sean Davis for questions only, and then Russell Rand. Okay. So if you all can make your way to the front. Yes, Commissioner Geller. Oh, okay. I'll get you on this queue on this end. Okay. Thank you. First speaker, Mr. Goldstein, could you please come to the mic? Thank you. Good afternoon, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and County Commissioners, and congratulations, Joni, on your retirement after today. Uh, Joe Goldstein from Schutz and Bowen, on behalf of Sean Davis and Associates, we urge you to support the motion to rescind. 
Now is the absolute appropriate time to consider this motion. Why? Under the solicitation at issue for the external auditor, it's very clear as to responsibility. It says that the selection or evaluation committee makes a recommendation to the awarding authority. The awarding authority then makes a final determination of responsibility. When this item first came up to you, as you know, uh, S. Davis and Associates was number three, then they went number two, and they were able to file a protest. During that bid protest, which we filed, which is now in the midst of a hearing, we discovered that RSM failed to disclose two material pieces of litigation. Um, that has gone back to your evaluation committee. They've determined that it wasn't material. I urge you to read through the definition of what material is in your solicitation document. Among other things, it says a, a litigation matter is material if it involves allegations of negligence, errors, omissions, or professional malpractice. The two pieces of litigation that we've put in front of the, uh, the county and now are being heard by the, uh, the, the hearing officer, those involve allegations of negligence, malpractice, and fraud. Clearly fall within the definition of material. That should have been brought to your attention the first time around because of a change of policy of how we, what we look at in litigation history, it, it fell through the cracks. But now is your opportunity, now is your duty as a board of county commissioners in this solicitation to consider their failure to respond to those litigation and determine them to be non-responsible. Thank you. Question of Mr. Goldstein. We, we've got to get through these speakers first and then you can ask questions, okay. Um, Mr. Donovan McGinley, followed by Brett Friedman. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Donovan McGinley. I'm part, um, hello, Honorable Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners. I'm a partner at RSM. I'm here to oppose this motion because of the fact that we, the process that have started in terms of what was, protest was duly filed. The, the, the commission directed that, uh, I guess, the hearing, that there's be proper hearing on the proper protest. The protest has been filed. The procurement has heard this argument. Um, and there has been, I guess, to my knowledge, there has been also a hearing that's currently in process. I think if you bypass this process, railroads, the due process that's, that's regular in place to allow for this to go through. Um, clearly, we, the, the procurement, along with the county attorney, determined that we are responsible as a firm and are duly qualified to provide the services that we had responded to. And I'm here for any questions after. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Brett Friedman, followed by Bob Feldman. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor, Commissioners. Brett Friedman, partner with RSM and also a longtime Broward County resident. Uh, first, I concur with what Donovan said and would urge you to uh, you know, vote against this. I do want to point out one of the things clearly as the evaluation committee has, we are by far the most qualified firm to provide this service. This was brought to them, they evaluated, they ranked us way above our competitors, came back, reconvened, did that again. You know, we stand ready to serve the county and thank you. Thank you. Mr. Bob Feldman. Good afternoon. Bob Feldman, I head up our Florida government practice. You know, I've just been doing this for about 30 years and I don't think I've ever been a pro through a process quite like this. You know, we've attempted to play by the rules. You know, we've remained committed to the concept of due process that everyone given the fair right 
to express themselves and be heard. Um, but this, isn't a, this matter isn't about the second-ranked firm. This matter is really about what's in the best interest of the county and the citizens of the county. You know, the county went through this procurement process. Every single member of the evaluation committee rated us number one. When the evaluation committee reconvened and took into consideration the information that was provided by the second-ranked firm, we were, again, unanimously ranked number one. The point disparity between us and the second-ranked firm wasn't even close. Um, so I just, you know, ask that we be afforded the same right in terms of to due process that the second-ranked firm has as well. We're in the middle of a hearing. I think it's appropriate that that hearing be allowed to conclude and that if there is some other matter that needs to be taken up by the, this commission, of course, that could be done at the appropriate time. Uh, I thank you very much for your time. Thank you. The next speaker is Anthony Brunson, followed by Mark Stempler. Good day, Mayor, Commissioners, citizens of Broward County. I'm Anthony Brunson of Anthony Brunson, PA. I'm at 333 Los Olas Way, and I, too, am a 25-plus year Broward resident. You know, after an exhaustive evaluation process, we certainly have an opportunity to evaluate that. Um, after we evaluate the evaluators, you certainly have an opportunity to evaluate that, and we're evaluating the bid protest follow process, which, again, you certainly have the right to do that. But by doing so, in my opinion, it certainly doesn't act in the best interest of Broward County. Um, being a member of a team seemingly being punished who exceeded the mon minority participation requirements, the small business participation requirements in this process. RSM exceeded that goal. Seemingly being punished by, as one of those small businesses who was, who was being given the signatory authority uh, on segments of the work along with those other minority participants which helped our firms grow and be recognized. And it's all unfortunately uh, being done so, you know, by uh, firms that haven't audited any major city in South Florida, haven't audited any major county in Florida, or any other major government actually audited and signed opinions. That's 10% of what you're viewing here in the process. Should there be an opportunity? Absolutely. You know, I cry out as with other colleagues in this space, small business, as a small business, to get an opportunity to do work for the county. But there's certainly a more appropriate way to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Stempler, followed by Bernie Friedman. Good afternoon. Mark Stempler here with Becker and Polykoff on behalf of RSM. Uh, I have been representing RSM throughout this bid protest process. And at this point, it's premature to consider um, rescinding board action. The protest has been gone going. We're now in the appeal stage. We are literally in the middle of a hearing. We're going to have our second day of hearing tomorrow. And there's no reason for the commission at this point to involve itself in the process. We should let the process play out. That's what the board had wanted, and that's what's provided for in the code. In addition, there's no reason to deviate from the present course at this point because the county has done everything by the book up until this point. According to Section 21.84 of the Code, if the county is presented with new information during the pendency of a solicitation, after a ranking has been issued, it can take that information, uh, evaluate it, 
bring it back to the evaluation committee. They could consider it and they could determine whether to ratify the initial decision or rescind and reorder the, the proposers. In this case, the two cases that were identified and referenced by Davis um, have been provided to the evaluation committee. RSM's response to those two cases, providing additional information about those two cases, was provided to the evaluation committee. Uh, Glenn Miller from the county attorney's office was at that reconvened meeting and gave the evaluators guidance. And after considering all of the information, they came to the, the conclusion, rather, that RSM is still the number one ranked proposer, and they did so unanimously. Now, the cases at issue that, that Davis identified, one of them's been dismissed with prejudice, RSM-1. The other one is still pending, and RSM is taking aggressive action to combat those allegations. Nothing has changed since that reconvened evaluation committee meeting, and there's no reason to deviate from the present course, and that's why this motion should be denied. Thank you. The next speaker is Bernie Friedman, followed by Eileen Michelson. Thank you, Mayor. And first of all, I want to thank the Mayor and the Commission and uh, County Administrator and Attorney and all the staff for the tireless efforts during the hurricane. As someone out there watching on social media and on TV, I was really proud of the great work of Broward County. Quickly uh, on this issue, first of all, I want to debunk a myth that CBE firms are never prime because I think that was one of the guiding factors in the discussion last time. And I represent a bunch of CBEs like Doty Keith, Mario Cartaya, Lacatus Yohalan, Karen White, Lorraine Wild, Janet Hoos at the airport, and a dozen other firms. Small CBE firms do become prime when they win on the merits and they get the extra points for being the locally headquartered firm. And then they also get the points on merit. As you heard here today, there was a huge wide gulf between the merit points of the firm Sean Davis and the other firms so that they really did not have the merits, unlike Dodie Keith and Mario Cortai and Chen Moore and Lacatus and Karen White and Lorraine Wild and dozens and dozens and dozens of other CBE firms that do become prime in Broward County, something that you should be proud of. Fairness, fairness, fairness. You know, what about fairness to RSM? We've played by the rules. We've done everything right. We've gone through this process now for almost a year. They've spent a lot of money on lawyers. Maybe that's a good thing for Becker Polykoff, but I know it's not a good thing for Broward County. And, you know, clearly uh, the hearing officer is going to reconvene the hearing on Wednesday. It's sort of ludicrous that in the middle of a hearing and, you know, eight, uh, 28 years of doing this, I've never heard of someone subverting a hearing officer process, going back into a hearing officer. Hopefully he's not listening to the debate today because that potentially could even taint uh, the hearing officer. Enough is enough. So you've got a state statute that you've adopted. The state statute was clearly developed to eliminate and insulate from cronyism and from politics. We played by the rules. There's a lot at stake here, and you could talk to your CFO. When you do bond deals in New York, you use the external audit to get a bond rating. That relates to your insurance on the bond deals. Millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake. We played by the rules, and we hope that you vote no on this very bad uh, supplemental item. Sorry, not first. Thank you. Thank you. Eileen Michelson, followed by Tanya Davis. Thank you, and again, congratulations to all of you for getting us safely through Hurricane Irma. It was Thank good you. to see you um, taking leadership roles in the community. You know, I'm beginning to feel a little bit like Yogi Berra, that this is deja vu all over again. Um, this is not about the scoring. This is not about the ranking. This is not about after the vendor was found out to not have disclosed litigation that they later, quote, supposedly corrected it. This is about why you have this section in the code that you have. 
And there's a history here that's very important. When commissioners sat on selection and negotiation committees, it was continually frustrating to find out that staff didn't have all the information. One sticks out in my mind, and that was the RFP for the vendor to do the convention center hotel. Staff found no, um, no problem with the vendor, and I was able to locate several cases where the vendor's subcontractors sued the vendor for non-payment of subs. Now, even that doesn't rise to the same level as this misrepresentation, it's still, I know this commission, and, and you're not anxious to give work to vendors who don't pay their subs, and that was not known. So this provision came into being. And today is really about, do you mean what you write? Here's what you wrote. In the instructions to the RFP, which were given to every vendor, under section one, litigation history, A, it says, a case is considered to be material if it relates in whole or in part to any of the following. An allegation, and subsection two says, an allegation of negligence, error, or omission, or malpractice against the vendor. These two cases were negligence, fraud, and malpractice against the vendor. At the time they submitted their response, they had to disclose it, and they didn't disclose it. And as long as we're talking about this bid protest that's underway, you should know that the hearing officer has said, um, has been told by the other vendor that he can't consider misrepresentations because your code excludes them from bid protests. This is squarely in your court. They cannot, they didn't pass go, they can't collect $200 in Monopoly, they didn't disclose when they submitted their proposal, and your code requires that they do that. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Rand, I'm going to take you next because the, le the next two people said they were for questions only. So, Mr. Rand. Uh, this is a food fight, a big food fight. Uh, it talks about administrative remedies and due process rights that I haven't seen myself. So um, this is an external audit. An audit just checks the beans coming in and beans coming out. Uh, years ago, the voters overwhelmingly approved uh, greater whistleblower protection. There is none. You know, greater accountability. Where is it? Ethics, huh? 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 This comes to you through Kevin Keller, who years ago accused me of being AWOL when I worked five hours overtime and I was in the county administrator's office. How is such a thing possible? Then four days later, I submitted my timesheet. The five hours was taken off my timesheet. I was called on the carpet. And uh, it looked dumb and dumber. It was funny. So then they paid back the money to me twice, put it in my paycheck, put it in my compensatory time. And then six weeks later, because I'm good at ciphering, I said, I can't figure out where this time came from. Oh, there's been a mistake made. Then I had to work overtime to pay back the time paid to me twice to make for the time, take it off my timesheet to falsely accuse me of being AWOL when I was in the county administrator's office. This is like the cuckoo's nest here. You know? This don't make sense. So this isn't what the taxpayers want. They want you to know what the heck's going on. And you shot the messenger and you promoted the shooter. That's premeditative. Okay. You should figure things out. Thank you. I do. I do. Do I get my 16 seconds? Yeah. These guys run overtime. Yeah. Okay. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Two, one. Good. Thank you. 
Bye-bye. All right. So I'm back on the dais for item number 43. I still have, like I said, Ms. Tanya Davis and Sean Davis said that they will be around for questions only, so I'm going to put those to the side. They have not spoken at all. Um, I have a cue. Commissioner Holness followed by Geller followed by Bogan. Commissioner Holness. Thank you. You know, I've, I've been here for a few years, and, and I can remember several times when bidders did not disclose lawsuits that were pending, and we totally dismissed them right there and then. No questions asked. Many times I've saw, I, I saw that happen. And, and this is what this is about. It, it is not being responsive. That's what it is. By not disclosing material litigation, fraud and negligence. If they disclose it, maybe it could have been dealt with up front and say it wasn't relevant. But the fact that you did not disclose it disqualify you right off. There's no question. There's no, there's no other process. And there's more than due process happening here right now, in my mind. I actually was aware of this. I made some phone calls after we voted and continued to keep up. And I heard of the litigation. I, and, I, and I talked to uh, uh, a county attorney, Drew, at the time, and, and thought about bringing something a month ago. I didn't. But I thought, you know, this is going on for a while. Time is running out because we need to get this done as soon as possible, which was said previously when this came up. So the way to do this is to bring something to this body for us to consider rescission. And the way to consider rescission is if there's something new that came up. This is something that we were not aware of when we voted, that these items were not disclosed. In terms of the firms qualifying, we can get into that, because my understanding is the, the, the second firm has done every bit, their team has done every bit of or audit except being the one who leads. And they've signed off on every bit of it. And it, not, the, the, the partner that they have is a major firm internationally that has done this kind of work, maybe not here in South Florida, but all over. Uh, so it's not about not being competent and capable. It's about the fact that I have sat here and seen this process several times where a company failed to disclose material litigation, material issues, and we're not allowed to go forward. This is what this is about. Okay. Yeah. Commissioner Geller, followed by Bogan. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I had one question first and then a comment. I'd ask Mr. Goldstein and Mr. Friedman to both step to the podium. I'm going to ask a question I hope is a yes or no. If you can't answer it in yes or no, I want 15 seconds or less. Okay, I might need my turn. Okay, then bring the attorney. Okay. Is this matter one of the issues that is currently in front 
of the hearing officer. When I say this matter, is the question uh, uh, pertaining to the disclosure, is that one of the issues the hearing officer is considering? That is a yes or no answer. If you need 15 seconds to explain, but not more than that. Yes, but it, it is. We've we've alleged that the vendor is non-responsive and non-responsible. And that's in front of the based, hearing officer. Based on failure to disclose the litigation, the county's position and the intervener's position and a provision in your procurement code says misrepresentations cannot be within a bid protest. We don't think it's just. Thank you. Next, is this in front of the hearing officer? Yes or no? Yes. Thank you, Madam Mayor. At this point in time, I. I and this is not a reflection on either in favor of the first or in favor of the second vendor. I supported giving the second ranked person the opportunity to go to a hearing officer. I've been practicing law for 35 years and I am shocked is a little harsh, but I am vehemently opposed to short circuiting a matter that is currently in front of a hearing officer. Once the hearing officer renders their opinion, I'm not necessarily going to rubber stamp it. I view this board as an appellate court on that matter, but I will certainly give the view or the ruling of the hearing officer, the opinion of the hearing officer, I will give that deference not necessarily agreeing, but I would certainly give it some de degree of deference. For us to take action when there is a matter in front of a hearing officer, I think is something that we should absolutely not do. And to the second ranked vendor, if the hearing officer says, I think that that was a matter that should have been disclosed, you are likely going to like my view. If the first ranked people, if the hearing officer says it's immaterial, you may like my view, though I obviously need to hear what else the hearing officer says. But to short circuit a matter that both lawyers have said is currently in front of the hearing officer is nothing that I am prepared to do today. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. You know, uh, Commissioner Geller is 100% correct. Um, we are a body to make policy, and now we're being asked not only to waive a procurement process, but now we're being asked to intercede in the middle of a hearing. Um, I, I have a lot of trouble with that. Um, I, I have a lot of trouble with that. I, I also have been given a document, and I'd like to ask our county attorney before I finish here, which talks about um, what Commissioner Holness brought up, that it says, and, and um, and, I, and one of the speakers brought up, said that a case is considered to be material, counselor, um, if it relates whole and part to anything. And then it says an allegation of negligence, error, omissions, and malpractice. And then it says, if this happens, down to section F, failure to disclose any material case to provide all requested information in connection with each such case may, res may result in the vendor being deemed non-responsive. Um, does that... Um, is there something where it says where it will automatically be where the person or the company is, you know, not considered? It says may result, where I think Commissioner Holden has said he's seen in the past where when there was a failure to disclose, they were rejected right away. Is this current? Is this accurate? 
I believe that's what a number of the speakers were talking about when the issue of the disclosure of the cases was sent back to the evaluation committee. They addressed it, did not recommend a finding of um, a lack of responsibility. However, the issue of responsibility is always in the hands of this board. I understand. Okay, so there's nothing black and white in the sense of if they didn't disclose, they're out. It's it's a judgment call. It's, a judgment it's discretion. Call. Okay, I'm going to go back to what you know, Commissioner Geller said. I I've been only practicing 34 instead of 35 years, so I don't know. I don't know as much as you do, but um, huh. I, I I do think it, this is a little premature to be here today. I think it undermines the due process of of the entire system if this can if somebody can come during the middle of a hearing and do this I think it needs to wait to see what the hearing officer does my that's my opinion thank you Commissioner Udine I've only been practicing 28 years but I definitely know I know more than both of you guys um, I was the one I, I was the one who I was the one who actually made the motion originally to just hire the second rank firm Sean Davis at the time but um, when I was listening to this and they started because I didn't get all the backup till late last night and there's hundreds of pages to go through when I was listening to uh, the attorney speaking I thought originally they were in the middle of the process but it goes even beyond that they're actually in the middle of the hearing you know it's like if you go to trial on Tuesday and the judge says we're continuing this till Thursday and then on Wednesday you know somebody uh, an appellate court comes in I, I just would defer to Commissioner Geller and Commissioner Bogan's comment. I just think at some point there'll be a document that'll give a decision one way or another, and then we can look at all the evidence as the appellate body. I, I, I just think to do otherwise takes logic and business sense out of this board's hand. And like I said, I say that as the one who supports Sean and supported Sean Davis to get this because I thought that it would be a, a, a good concept for the county to do. But I, I'd prefer to wait. I'm not going to support this motion. I'm going to wait till. All the facts come before us. Okay. Commissioner, um, Commissioner Lamarca. If, if I may, brief, I just want to yes. get into the queue. Yes, you're here. You're, it's your okay, turn I, now. I, thank you, Mayor. Um, well, so it's, so it's clear that everybody probably knows I didn't practice 28, 33, or 35 years, um, but I've been listening since, since I've been on the board. And um, I, I think if we look back at, at uh, what we, uh, the majority did, back uh, a few months ago we said well let's take a let's have this go through the process and take a look at it um if if the if the evidence as if the, if the information excuse me as uh mr geller has mentioned is is uh causes them to be uh causes come back to us and say well it was material i, I am uh 100 confident that uh, the number two ranked firm can do the work but i think we're in the middle of a process and the number one ranked firm is going through that process and you know, this is like uh, and you know ending a football game because you're up you know just at the, la at the last uh, before overtime I mean I just think that uh, it's not in our hands right now the the, the hearing officer uh, as mr. Friedman said hopefully is is going to be objective and just look at the information and and, and be fair but uh, once it comes back to us I'm I'm going to support uh, the most part uh, the other commissioners have said what what they determine I just think a stepping in front of the the process right now just uh, it, it, it doesn't set a good precedent Thank you, Commissioner Lamarca. Okay, that concludes the commission queue. Commissioner Holness, would you like to close the item? Yes, our county attorney just told us that the decision as to responsiveness is in our hands. Is that what I heard you said? Responsibility, correct. Responsibility is in our hands. So 
It is up to us to make that decision. Not an, a hearing officer. It's us that makes that decision. And again, I'll tell you this, that uh, when I got here, that was what occurred numerous times. Uh, since some of the newer commissioners have been here, we haven't been there. But I've seen it happen numerous times where someone didn't take the responsibility to disclose and at the commission meeting when presentations were made, when the item came up for discussion, we voted that that person was not qualified to continue forward, even though they were rank one. This is, this is, what, this is what this is about. So we can kick the ball down the road at the, uh, today, or we can accept the decision to be made now here. Vice Mayor Furr. Thanks. I, as, as most people know, I'm a strong supporter of Sean, and, and at the last I mean, wanted to see it awarded to him. But I also don't want to get in the middle of a, in the middle of a court because anybody can file a court suit, and I don't. And we, we don't have the luxury of, of having the the being able to see all of what is being placed in front of that court. That if you know, and we saw hundreds of pages, I haven't read it. I don't think any of us have read it, and and it's not it's not fair to do that. I I can't make a good decision that way. I assume the court is going to be presented with all of that. Okay. And we'll have a chance to be able to see whether or not it was material or if it was not material. I, I don't think we can tell here. And so I'm, I'm going to support, even though I, I support Sean very much, and I think he's been a great auditor in many places, um, I don't think trying to, trying to break it off in the middle of this makes sense. And, I, and if, it, if, if by any chance you know, it, it shows that it is material, then I look forward to um, being able to award that to Sean at some point. So I, I heard you. I'm going to go ahead and withdraw the item. Okay. Okay, so item 43 is now withdrawn. Okay, so that concludes item 43. Um, at this time, I have uh, a presentation, a very quick presentation that I'd like to make. Um, can I have the members of the county attorney's office, please, Join me at the podium. You know, I knew there was an odor in this place. I just knew it. I just knew there was a strange odor. Just. As you know, this is our um, county attorney's last meeting, Joni, um, and we're going to miss you very much. But we wanted to just let everybody else out there who may be listening or watching know how much we appreciate you and how much we're going to miss you. Now, we got to tell them a little story first. So we have a proclamation that does that. And it says, 
whereas Joni Armstrong Coffey earned her Bachelor's of Arts degree, summa cum laude, from Florida State University, and her law degree with honors from the University of Florida, and whereas Joni has had an extensive career in the public sector and is a leader in the legal profession, immediately after law school, she clerked for the Honorable Peter T. Fay of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit Court. She later served as an associate with the private law firm of Steele, Hector, and Davis before enjoying a lengthy and rewarding association with the Miami-Dade County Attorney's Office. Uh, boo. Um, sorry. <laughs> Gives me sick to say that word. Um, and, sorry, just kidding. An adjunct professor since 2001, Joni thoroughly enjoys guiding young lawyers and has been instrumental in assisting many students in achieving prestigious professional employment. Among her many honors, Joni received the esteemed Justice Harry Lee Anstead Award from the Florida Bar Cert Board Certified Lawyer of the Year in 2014, and whereas since leaving the Miami-Dade County Attorney's Office, <clears throat> Joni has provided wise and judicious counsel as county attorney of Broward County, guiding not only the Board of County Commissioners on the law and its intricacies, but also the members of the Office of the County Attorney and the agencies who rely on her unsurpassed ability to succinctly craft memoranda and remove, and remove superfluity. Okay, and which one of you guys did that to me? <laughs> Whereas the office's gr grammarian-in-chief and executive editor, Joni has never grown weary of adding the Oxford comma, and her penchant for breaking into French has earned her the honorary title, Le Grand Fromage. And... <laughs> where it has been remarked that had the cowardly lion just one ounce of Joni's resoluteness and fortitude, he would not have embarked on the journey to the Emerald City in such search of courage. And whereas William Shakespeare helps us to say, Joni, a word or two before you go. You have done the state some service and they know it. You have helped, you have helped to order well the state that like events may near it ruinate. And whereas Broward County has had the good fortune and benefit of the service of one of our regions and state's finest legal minds for the past six years, and whereas the Board of County Commissioners and the employees of Broward County wish to honor Joni Armstrong Coffee, Broward County Attorney, as she completes her public service and participates in her last county commission meeting on September the 26th. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, September the 26, 2017, as Joni Armstrong Coffee Appreciation Day in Broward County, Florida. And we applaud her for her many accomplishments during her professional career and thank her for her years of public service, diligence, and dedication. Vice Mayor, members of the board, 
I um, am pretty much speechless about this, but of course I'm a lawyer, so I have a few words that I just have to say. Um, first of all, for the incredible people behind me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I think you have one of the very best law firms in Florida. They are dedicated to the public service. They are professionals, they have integrity, and they are there for you. And you couldn't have um, a better county attorney coming in to lead the group. They're my pride and joy, and I, I'm just proud to leave them here to serve you and to serve the good people of Broward County. To the county administrator and the entire professional staff of Broward County, culminating in the events of Hurricane Irma, I am overwhelmed by their expertise, by their graciousness, and by their just willingness to serve the people of Broward County. They are very special, very smart, awesome people to deal with, and so is Bertha Henry, who is really smart. I have been really impressed by her and just a pleasure to deal with. Of course, our new auditor, congratulations, good luck to you. But most of all, I tell everybody I talk to across Broward County, across the state of Florida, that I have the best board in the entire state, and I do. And what I, want to, what I really want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, both this board and the commissioners who um, gave me this opportunity, which is a career capping opportunity, I really mean that, is that you gave me and you gave these folks um, confidence and trust that um, we want to continue to earn. And I thank you for your dedication to public service. From behind the dais, you understand what sacrifice that comes at. I don't say that lightly. So I am thankful that you were there. I am thankful that you provided us the resources to do what we do best. And um, I will be forever grateful to you. I will never forget you. Thank you so much. Barbara, 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 we should probably all stay up here. And then have all them come around. That's what she said. Oh, I'm sorry, the vice mayor was, was uh, making something. Not even mayor yet. I know. We have numerous opportunities. It happens quick. Oh, yeah. oh, Dean, right in the middle down here. I thought she said to come down. I, she did, but then no, she said come up here. Is Russell Is Russell Lamb getting into We're throwing kisses to her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I should have gone down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay. No, then I have his head in front of me. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to stand. Yeah. I'm not standing my chippy toes. Me too. It's like my kid's bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. That one might actually get us. smelling better already, isn't it? Isn't the air smelling better without all those lawyers in here? The stench is leaving. Can we do like our mayor's comments and everything at 501? At this time, we're going to go ahead and move into the workshop and uh, we, we'll recess this meeting until after the workshop.
Ms. Henry, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Is that okay? You can't make any motions here. Okay, we're going to have the presentation, and then once the presentation is over, this can be as long or as short as you guys want it to be. So we're going to have the presentation first, and then um, from there if you have questions, okay? Madam Mayor? Yes. In lieu of having the presentation, I think there's consensus among all of the members as far as I've heard that we're going to, there's 7.5 million, which, the, which I think we have agreed to offer, and the sheriff has agreed to accept. With your permission, Madam Mayor, I'd ask that we waive the presentations and just reach an agreement on those numbers. Okay, so earlier today they voted for a workshop so that they could have their presentation. So I'm going to go ahead and start the workshop so we can stop wasting time. Miss no, Henry, we did. We, we're not going to be voting here. This is not for a vote. A workshop, you cannot vote at a workshop. But there's consensus. There was no consensus earlier to not have this. You voted to have a workshop. So we're in I a workshop. I voted to have it so that we could have it, say there's consensus. No, that's not what we do. Consensus is done from the, okay. Ms. Henry, can you proceed with the presentation for those people in here that want to hear the presentation? Thank you. We're going to hear the presentation. It's not going to take her long. Go ahead. At this point, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Foster. Um, there was a couple of topics we had from the last discussion we had here and um, some information that various commissioners asked for. We've attempted to assemble them and just put it together in this short presentation. The number of judges was one question, and we actually got this information directly from the chief judge. Those 101 judges, magistrates, and hearing officers in Broward County. Um, we took a little look at the, this is the total number of um, case filings in the county for the last five or six years. This came from a state data source. And both high risk, which is defined here by the categories of circuit criminal and family court, and then all the other cases, um, the biggest group of cases by far is traffic cases. But both of them are down about 15 to 20 percent the last four or five years. So it's a measure of kind of the overall workload of the system. Um, one of the questions that you had last time was number of courtrooms. Um, we met with the BSO right before the storm, and so we got some information then, and we also got some additional information. So the first line is um, there are, I think there's general agreement that there's 99 or 100 um, court courtrooms, or court rooms that act as court locations. I think the difference is really a hearing um, is used as a courtroom in one of the counts. The regionals have 12. Um, there is still some difference depending on what you include in high-risk courtrooms. Um, the county ha thinks there's 49, and at the bottom of this chart, that's really looking at courtrooms that are where criminal first appearance, domestic violence, and family matters happen. Um, when we talked with BSO, they, they thought that mental health also met, met that high-risk threshold, and that gets you to about 51. Um, as part of that discussion, they also gave us some information a day or two later where they thought there was a case to be made that some of the regional courtrooms and some others would bring it up to 67 high, high risk. So it really depends on what, what you include in um, the matters in front of a judge or a hearing officer. The chief judge did give us a number, and the number the chief judge gave 
was 59 rooms that are high risk, but he thought 53 of them needed to have an armed presence. So in some of the categories, he thought four courtrooms needed two armed guards to cover them. So 53 is kind of the number of high risk courtrooms we got from the judge. And I think there was a separate letter that came in on Friday. I'm not sure if it got forwarded to you or not, but that was the information. We can get that to you. Um, just to recall the budget requests, the county was proposing to add $3 million, including the money for the DV um, courtrooms. And BSO had originally asked for $9.06 million for 54 positions. I think based on the discussions that took place in a, uh, that you had a few weeks ago, they did adjust it so that if you see the first line where it was 43 um, DLE deputies is now 23, and those 20 are increased in the DOD side. The reason that makes a difference is towards the bottom, you'll see each of the DLE deputies costs 167000 but the, um, the DOD deputies are now costing 118743 and I think that's a first-year beginning DOD deputy is why it's so I think the sheriff was able to um, readjust the request to be 7.82 million on the courthouse security side on the far right if there were more additional high-risk courtrooms beyond the 51 that these numbers then that would be on top of that um, we also um, just assembled for you there is a non BSO um, security personnel at the court or courthouses and their hired G4S has a contract with both the county and with BSO. And the total number of people is about 80 FTEs. Um, these are primarily screeners, but we just want to give you a sense that, that those are also part of the mix in terms of uh, overall courthouse security. And finally, just to give you a little picture of kind of w how it all comes together, the first column is um, currently we have about 199 BSO positions costing about $22 million. This is sort of in the, the, ba the base budget. The contract positions that I just mentioned between the county and um, BSO is another 80 positions. And uh, on the BSO side, it's about $900,000 contract. On the county side, it's $2.4 million. There is also five additional uh, direct county staff that work on uh, courthouse security. That's another 227000 So currently, Courthouse security is a um, expenditure in total across all the agencies of 25.7 million. The request that BSO made with the adjustment for the DOD deputies is 54 additional positions, and the estimated cost was 7.82 million. So, if that was fully funded, and as someone mentioned earlier, we're kind of looking at 7.5 of a total, including dispatch, that would bring it up to 33.5. And I didn't know, um, Richard, if you wanted me to stop there and have some discussion or just do the couple of slides on dispatch, too. No, you can finish it. Right. On E911 communications, um, this is a chart that we showed you um, a few weeks ago, and it was just explaining um, the call takers, um, the change from 2017 in the July 15th recommendation. So that's the same chart. So we wanted to more just show you some additional information. The call takers in FY17 was 114. The Fitch report recommendation, they have a recommendation on the number of hours that we converted to FTEs, and that would be equivalent to uh, about 80. Um, BSO runs a model called Retains, name of a model. 
sort of estimate workload, and that comes out with a number of about 81. But they also believe there should be an attrition factor that would add 13 uh, FTEs. And the recommendation in the county um, re county administrator's recommendation on July 15th was 83.5. So you can see both the report and the model comes out with a result that the number of call takers can be adjusted. We're sort of just debating what the right level is. Um, in terms of the supervisors, we're currently at 11.4. The Fitch recommendation was for a 6 to 1 ratio, and that would imply 13.4. The retains model, the 80.6 call takers would need 13.4 <coughs> supervisors, and the recommendation is to be at 13.9. Um, so that's kind of a comparison of just the call takers, which is what's in the recommended budget for year one. The question of dispatch was always going to be the second phase in year two or beyond. And then finally, um, as someone mentioned, when we last talked to you, we were at 7.6 million that was remaining um, to be allocated in the budget. It's now 7.5222. Um, there was a $100,000 item that was related to the domestic violence courtrooms from last year. Last year, we did fund the um, law enforcement officers, but there was an ongoing discussion about providing child care while those cases were going on. And so $100,000 is included to deal with that issue from last year. So it leaves about <coughs> 7.5. Um, of that, we did ask BSO if we, we know you've requested 7.82 on the courthouse side plus additional on the E911 side. If you only had 7.5 and um, they were willing to split it like this if that was all that was available, but they wanted to remind everyone that they, they think they need more than that. At, the, at this time, commissioners, would you like to ask your questions or would you like to hear from BSO? I had a question of BSO. Do you have, would you like to ask your questions or would you like to hear from BSO? BSO first? BSO first, sir. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't think you wanted to hear okay. anything at all. Okay. Are we good? Okay. No. Yes, so. Mayor, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes, Commissioner Lamarca? Um, if I might, before they, they present, I mean, shy of them, I understand what Commissioner Geller's point was before this, before that presentation, but unless something's changed on their part, I was, I was pretty clear that when Colonel Harrington came to our first budget workshop and this was moved from that, that same day on the 14th, that when he came and presented and, and uh, basically worked with what we had available, uh, it was my understanding that we were willing to give that to him, and we actually voted on the budget. So I wasn't I wasn't quite sure why we had if we didn't have this meeting on the 14th, why we were having it today. But after hearing uh, hearing the presentation, I'm I, my opinion is the same thing. There's 7.6 still available. He was looking for over nine, and he's willing to work with that. Uh, what you know, I'm not sure why we're going through the process again, but I'm, I'm certainly. He's not getting uh, what he wanted, and we're not, uh, and we're not, uh, you know, the same. So I think there's been negotiation made. Just my thought that we should wrap this up and let him get about his business. Okay. So what we're trying to do is do exactly that. But when we, if you recall, when we did say that we wanted to um, compromise at that number, there were a number of commissioners that expressed to see the actual figures because this is not going to be an issue just for this year but this is going to be something going forward that we're going to have to deal with as well. And so the whole point in the workshop was so that we could see what we're dealing with from the beginning. And so next year when we come back again to do this, there's no confusion. 
because there was a lot of confusion with the numbers. So um, we're going to go ahead and hear from VSO so that we can go and wrap this up. And, you know, if you guys stop objecting, we can make this just a little bit shorter. So VSO, please present. Thank you, Mayor. Um, as the commissioner said, we started at, a, at around nine, $9 million uh, asking for that uh, due to some very good suggestions from, from the commissioners. You asked us to go back and take a look at things as far as the DOD DLE breakdown, senior officers versus senior deputies versus junior deputies. Uh, we did that as well. We came down to a number of about 7.8. Not what we need, not what we're asking for, but what we were willing to try to work with, understanding the funding issues. Uh, that went down to 7.6. Um, and then with the $100,000, which I understand, it went down to about 7.5. I know that uh, Colonel Harrington and his team have done a great job meeting with, with most of the commissioners. Uh, yesterday, we've tried to answer any and all questions, uh, provide any and all documentation that's needed, and I think in a year we're going to have a better handle on staffing and everything else. We're going to have a year's worth of data. So as Commissioner Geller said, we're willing to take the 7.5 right now. We don't need to present anything else unless you ask us. We have our fantastic team here. We're willing to take that and, as they say, get back to doing business because we all have a budget starting on Sunday. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So what? Thank you. Okay. All right. Commissioner Holness, did you want to go first or did you want? You're good? Okay. All right. You're good. Okay. Commissioner Udine? What? Commissioner Udine, you want to go? Was he? I just wanted just to put your mic on, please. I, I am good with this, but I, I do want to put out there of the discussion we had yesterday about um, the usage of the courthouse and so that that will will be able to still take a look at that. So it will, um, you know, determine in the future uh, what percentages there will be. Maybe we're high, maybe we're low. We don't know yet because we don't have a full accounting of the usage of the courthouses. So I just want to make sure that that stays in play here so that in the future we'll be able to count on that, you know, to, to make it a, a better determination of actually of, of how much money is actually needed. Uh, from the staff's perspective, we will continue um, the, the survey that we've been working on to determine courtroom needis, uh, usage. Okay. Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I, I also am going to support this item. But I, I think that, and continuing on what was said, when we did this as a municipality, and, and we've been purchasing, when I was a municipal mayor, purchasing the services of BSO for 13 years, and that's really what it boils down to. We're purchasing the services of the agency to provide law enforcement on this building, just like we did for the municipalities. With the municipalities, we did get a true-up document towards, you know, or you call it an audit, but it's not really an audit. It's just something that shows how the resources were spent in this particular building because I support this I think you should have it I don't know whether it's too much enough or not enough as but since we're somewhere in the middle I'll I'll defer to that but I this is not like I know we talk about recurring and non-recurring and buckets and this and that and it gets very confusing but even on this specific item for next year I want to see what the actual facts are in the building. I'm very glad what they did with the Department of Detention deputies because I thought that that was the smartest way to try and bring these costs down. But I'm still concerned um, with the differences between mornings and afternoons um, and the courtroom usage. So I support this. I, I want it to be done right. 
And if doing it right next year means there's more dollars, then I'm going to be saying there's more dollars. If it means there's less dollars, I just want to see the facts and everything and get a true up document. But I support it. Commissioner Geller. Thank you. Um, Madam Mayor, I uh, will have more remarks, which I will say until 501. Uh, other than that, uh, I would, I'm in support, and I would like to say two things. First, I want it clear that when we say 7.5 million, because this isn't going into the base, this is our, that we're saying 6.75 for courthouse and 0.75 for E911, and that's what y'all have agreed to, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. 7.5 includes the, the money for the courthouse. So the 7.5, um, 750,000 would be for the courthouse, and then, sorry, for communication, the remaining will be for the courthouse. Right. So, so it's that, all inclusive in one. Exactly, but so that next year we'll know that we've already given you 6.75 more for the courthouse and 750. And with that understanding, Madam Mayor, I know we can't take a vote, but when we're done, can we ask, because you'd said that there needed to be certainty, can we ask if there is consensus after everyone we speaks? had consensus from the dais. This was about clarification of the numbers and going forward and what we were requesting of Ms. Henry and Mr. Foster in terms of our budget. This was about an itemization of figures going forward. So we already had consensus. I was in agreement. Everybody was in agreement from the dais. The point of the workshop is to get the actual figures to identify where the money is going. Right, and so I'm just asking if we have consensus on that, but you'll do whatever you want, Madam Mayor. That's yes, fine. I will. Okay, so at this time, I, I'd asked for some clarification on the number of deputies that we were going to need in terms of our high-risk courtrooms. I asked for clarification, which I've received. I said I was willing to go with the 7.5, so I don't, I don't see a problem there, but I think that we we are not the only members of Broward County that need to hear this information. We have voting public, we have constituents that we have to answer to, and we're spending the people's money here. And so while we are maybe a little bit frustrated about going back and forth about this, there are people out there that listen and read the newspapers and want to understand what we understand. And so this is not um, um, a, a futility sitting here doing this. This is something that's necessary for the voting public and for the members of Broward County to understand how we make our budget decisions. Because arbitrarily, I can tell you that in some of the papers, what they printed was that we were just going to give you $7.6 million because you asked for it. So this is about helping people to understand. And my job is to help facilitate that. And so I'm sorry to frustrate, but I'm going to do my job. Next, Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. And I think we're, you know, this is a new courthouse, not, and it's only, we've only been in there for a few months. None of us are clear exactly what that utilization is going to be, what the usage is. I'm glad you're still doing the survey. I'm willing to support this today, but I do want to see this be subject to audit afterwards. I think that's what it should be for the public and for us. So we're all clear on, on exactly how money's being spent, where it's being spent. Um, as, as well as, a, as a, an audit of the utilization times and, you know, on all sides. With that, I can support it. <coughs> Bogan. Without repeating it, what's been said, I'm in full support of the budget that's been presented today. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Henry. 
So based on um, what I um, perceive to be as consensus on that, we will modify, you will receive a document um, in, right before the uh, public hearing that will make that modification to move at the $7.5 million from um, the reserve that we set aside for it to their uh, courthouse security in dispatch. Thank you. With that, this workshop is concluded. Thank the you morning for your meeting, patience. And Mayor, the morning meeting is adjourned. The morning meeting can't be so it's a separate meeting tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to adjourn the morning meeting? We're not going to do the report? Yeah, you want to? Okay. That's fine. We'll adjourn the morning meeting as well. Okay. I'll do the report next time. Okay. Thanks. Do the report next time. Okay. Thanks.